0: Big question I have for you today, Mr. Steven Baker. Is Is there any plans of streaming on Twitch, Facebook, or any of those platforms?
1: Anywhere. So I don't, I don't want to stream uh, Madden unless I have the latest and greatest. And um,
0: gotcha. But I really
1: enjoyed uh, when I was doing it. It was just something new to do and just doing all the research on learning how to do it. And I really had a ball with it, man. And like you said, it, it was fun to me. I didn't care if I lost or won. It, it was just fun. I always told people, you want to try out some new stuff, you can lab with me, kick my butt. But if I mess around and beat you, I ain't going to say no names. I only beat one person, King Uno. But, um, <laughs> you know, wow. you know Fatboy wow. beat me. Uh, <laughs> Dreaded fat boy beat me. Fatboy was in here.
0: Dreaded, yeah. But, uh, that's, how yeah. I, that's how I found – that's how we got connected was through Dreaded Stream because this is what happened. He was in Dreaded Stream one day. We were just talking, and then he said, I played for the NFL Giants. And I was like, "Holy crap!" As soon as, because I, I I didn't put two and two together because Stephen Baker, it's actually kind of a common name. Like not not <laughs> saying anything, but I mean Stephen's a real common name, and the last name Baker. I didn't think anything of it, and then he he said, "Oh yeah, I used to play. I used to play in the NFL. I played with the Giants." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is TD Maker. This is Stephen Baker right here in the in the flash." And I was like a little kid all over again, like reminiscent oh, of a little, little giant. Dance now see here's the thing the guys that are here nambo kinguno they weren't yeah. old enough to actually see you play i actually saw you play in the 1990 the super bowl
2: hey hey i've seen yes. highlights that count yeah hey, i watched yeah, the highlights i seen it i watched, right. watched it live all
0: right i watched it live hi everybody oh, okay. how's everybody doing much. you guys thank you guys all so much for tuning in you guys everyone yeah. every one of y'all thank you guys yep thank you guys appreciate it man yeah no everybody problem. i appreciate everybody in here this is a huge huge opportunity today we have the legendary stephen baker TD maker, this guy is a former NFL player, he's a Super Bowl winning player, and he's a Hall of Fame personality. He has the Hall of Fame personality, he ain't in the Hall of Fame, but that's (laughs) because they don't know what they're missing. Oh, thank you, man! And you know
1: what, James, I appreciate you saying those kind words, and you hit it the nail right on the head. Um, I was always a team player, bro, I, I didn't care. How many catches i got a game yeah. as long as we won and you know i always share the story with people i say mark ingram senior so when we money. won the super bowl that year he caught 37 balls i believe and i caught 34. yeah and we made it to the super bowl and that's what it's about at the end of the day man what do you bring to your team don't Correct. worry about all that other nonsense and then you, you know you get one that's of these what's so cool. yeah. the
2: NFL today and like most people are worried about individual stats instead of absolutely and wanting to win they, they're like oh if I, I gotta get 10, 12 catches a game, or I got to get 3,000 yards receiving. like, bro, the whole point is to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. This personal they call stat. it touches. I got to get
1: my yeah. touches. Got to get your touches
0: <laughs> in, your reps, whatever you want to call it, whatever they yeah. call it. I watched him, and my mom was a Giants fan since Section 8 game, And Section Eight's older than me, so he's a dinosaur. Wow. Hey, your mom. Um, yeah. All these little Giants fans. Yeah, his mom was a Giants fan. Yeah, rest in peace. She was a legend. So, Aww. August 30th, 1964 a young man named stephen baker was born born in san antonio i did my research on you man i see I see. I, yeah you see what was your childhood like i you know uh, did you always knew you were gonna be a super bowl or uh, well not super bowl winning but did you always know you were gonna be an nfl player You know, it's funny. I I always dreamed of it, man. Ever since I I grew
1: up in San Antonio as a little kid, I used to hike the ball to myself and throw it and catch it at the same time. And back then I was watching the Cowboys because that's all that was on in Texas. And I moved to Los Angeles about the third grade. And I remember the first time I played organized, not organized, but in a football game, the kids let me play. And I didn't know what to do. So they put me on the line of scrimmage and I just held my arms up like the old football man on the electric grate <laughs> we used to play. They vibrated. You guys play Madden now. But yeah, I, I got in this position and the defensive guy ran around me and hit the running back and burst his nose wide open. Oh, and they were like, OK, you're trying to be funny. They put me back there. And when they snapped the ball, I saw what happened to him. I went around the corner, man. i never forget. That was probably the fastest I've ever ran in my life. And that's how I knew I was fast. Because they didn't catch me, wow. and after that we became friends, and you know we just played a game called Kill the Carrier, whoever gets the ball gets tackled. Man, Kill the Carrier, got the exactly. It's got
0: different names, yeah.
1: No,
2: now, nowadays it's a whole different, uh, yeah. I, I a got a question, uh, Mr. Baker. Somebody in the chat wanted to know what Lawrence Taylor was like in the locker room. Now I'm, uh, I i do not uh, know what uh, he was like, but I've heard he was coked up a lot of games. Not, not expecting yeah. him, because he's a dog. No, I hear that.
1: Asking, that's a valid question to ask. And I'll just tell you this when I got to the league, they had such stringent uh, drug policies and testing. He was never like that when I was playing. But I will tell you this once we found out we could use uh, ginseng,
3: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we used to get ginseng um, capsules and take them before the game. And he found out about him and he put one on everybody's stool so we could go out there fired up.
3: But oh, yeah.
1: the LT was the ultimate teammate, man. I'm going to tell you this. He, he wasn't a big vocal guy, but he would do it on the field. And, you know, he'd come off and, and let us have it on the sideline or whatever, like, you know, get your heads out your asses. You guys are better than this. But he wasn't more of a vocal leader. He was more of a uh, show it on the field. And once you saw when he did something, man, you had to follow it. You know, he, especially being an offensive player, Yes. stop him on third down. We like, all right, we we're about to get some good field position, get the ball back, and he was just, I, I tell you, he was a beast. We always used to say, thank God we didn't have to play us. Yes. <laughs> so Has you, he
2: ever tackle you in practice? Like, did he ever lay one, like a
1: nice hit on you? He only caught me one time, man. When we used to have our scrimmages, they don't do it anymore. But we used to go live scrimmages. They bring in referees every Friday. We'd have a live scrimmage, and um, he he didn't catch me flush, but I just ran across the middle one time in his zone and he just stuck his arm out and you talk about a reroute i don't know why they don't put that in madden when the linebacker just put his hand out there stiff arm you man because they are some of the hardest paws, hardest people because <laughs> they're so rigid man he yeah. hit me and i went all off balance and landed Demi on my shoulder pads and head and that's why i say i would hate to get hit by this dude but i never got caught flush by him or by anybody for that
0: matter that's yeah so you went to Alexander Hamilton High School. You graduated. <laughs> I, you I tried. I called your school to see if they had any stats on you. The only thing they could tell me is you lettered in gymnastics, that you were actually oh, one of the best gymnastics out there. So that explains your your ability to get in and out of the out of coverage real fast. That explains your height, your hops, as they say in, in today's world. I mean, you yeah. had a very high vertical, from what I was reading. Like I said, I did a lot of research and I made phone calls and I tried to get a hold of people. I I couldn't get a hold of your your stats, you know, and everything. But your school is actually known for a few players, you being one of them, and a former NFL player named Warren Moon, who had a, that's right, Hall of Famer. He had a few good years, you know. <laughs> he played what 20 oh, yeah, seasons I think in the so. NFL. <laughs> Hall of I Famer. Think so. You know a lot of people yeah. love love the name warren it's actually my favorite titans oiler player of all time the only oh, he player was, i would he was, ever wear a jersey for is of uh, the oilers is is him i mean being a lion's um, fan i don't have much to enjoy um, <laughs> but we won't talk about my 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 uh my background but having <laughs> having following him i mean because he he was actually he's about six years older than you if i remember looking yeah. it was either six or eight i can't remember did was that name starting to become something when you were going to high school to your are you
3: kidding
1: me man that when you're in high school and i don't know if the kids do it today you always say like what guys out of this high school made it you know into professional athletics Yeah. and his name always came up and there's another gentleman named rod martin who played with the uh raiders they beat the eagles in um uh 82 maybe i forget but rod martin his mother was my Sunday school teacher man so i had those two guys to look up to he went to usc but warren moon and rod martin i said you know what i want to be in that group one day yeah. and as fate would have it you know i i did it. and we're the only three out of that high school's history to uh, make it in the nfl and
0: that's saying something cuz that's a big high school in los angeles it's you know it that was big it you know that's from what i from what i gather ladies seemed like there was actually a pretty a lot of people went to that school because I called to try to get your high school stats. And she she actually, <laughs> about two days after I called her, she called me back. And she goes, I am so sorry. I cannot find anything. She goes, I know he played here. And this is what I got from the coaches and or, or the, the, I don't know, the PE teacher or something. that That's what they told me. And I, I wasn't sure. But I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Because you were very, very, very good good about getting in between the coverage and getting deep fast. I mean, that's. Well, yeah.
1: I, I also ran track, too. Well, I, was, I ran I track. So I did the high jump, the long jump, triple jump. Track. Yeah. And, and also soccer I did for one year. But I did all those other sports just to make myself a better um, football player, believe it or not.
2: I got a question, Mr. Baker. It's kind of like a short sure. question. Um, I saw that in 2008 you was inducted into the Fresno County Athletic Hall of Fame. Are you content with just that, or is it your ultimate dream to be in inducted into
1: the nfl hall of fame oh no man the nfl hall of fame is out of the question and i don't get me wrong that i'm proud of all the guys i don't have the numbers for it but long as i was a hall of fame player for my teammates and mm-hmm. new york city and people that know giant football respect me so that's my my hall of fame but when i got inducted to fresno states hall of fame for only playing there for two years let me tell you it was such an honor man i got to see coach sweeney again before he passed away and you know the last game uh the first game of start of the season they actually mentioned my name on the on the broadcast of the game they were playing they mentioned giants or fresno state bulldogs who made it to the pros so name is still kind of relevant out there and (laughs) yeah i gotta tell you fresno was a fun college town to play um, in
2: what drew you to fresno like uh, out of all the colleges, what made you want to go to fresno
1: Well, I was blessed. I had an opportunity to go just about anywhere, but I took trips to Purdue, uh, Illinois, and a couple of other schools. And Fresno, you know when you're at the right place. When I got there, man, I said, I just saw myself bringing everybody to their feet in that stadium because it was a bowl-shaped stadium, and everybody wore red. And I just saw myself there. The quarterback was coming back for two more years. They aired the ball out like crazy. And we always got ESPN coverage on um, Thursday nights. And I actually got a chance to play against Mark Collins. He was at um, Cal State Fullerton. and That was one of we, the guys we, we met. Yeah. Exactly. Met. So yeah. we locked up.
0: Kevin But Sweeney. that's why I chose him, man. Kevin I knew Sweeney. I could have. Yep. Yeah. is the name of the quarterback I, that played at Fresno State that he's talking about that I, played two more years. So he had a quarterback that had experience in the NFL, Arvin and NCAA at that time. And that's yeah. you know that's big for for anybody you know rather you're a walk on or you know you're you're getting a whole full ride scholarship you know having the experience at the quarterback position you know and a lot of, you'll hear it a lot of times watching NFL games that the quarterback position is just like the the point guard position in the NBA you know they're you know they have the game plan they get the calls and so Kevin Sweeney he actually did get drafted in the NFL the same year as you 7th round yeah. by the Dallas Cowboys now, yeah. obviously, if you get drafted in the NFL, you have to have some kind of some kind of abilities. I mean, to get drafted because how many players are eligible that don't get drafted? You know what I mean? So that being mm-hmm. said, so obviously you guys did something right with this Fresno State team. You know, this is a a wonderful team that you guys your, your first year. You guys went 11 and 0. <laughs> yeah. Second, yeah. And so, you know, and. Overall, you had some great numbers in your college career. He actually was a really good quarterback in his college career. So you see all these things. Um, you guys had a running back uh, James Williams, I think it was was his name. That- no, man,
1: I can't find James Williams on Facebook anywhere. I look at all the old highlight our uh, tapes that we have and I'm like, man, James was a hell of a running back. He was. That's I correct. mean,
0: I looked at his stats and I was just like, wow, this guy didn't even get drafted or nothing. I'm like, how Thank is Thank you. That- <laughs> he was like one of the he was a versatile back. He had great from what I saw, he had great speed. He was a good runner. You know, with everything that you guys had, it was like you guys had a very good offense, a very solid offense both years that you played. And, you know, you I look at the caliber of players. And like I said, the fact that your quarterback made it, there was a few offensive linemen that also made it into the NFL that didn't have the careers that longevity-wise that you had. But Mm -hmm. they still made it. And that's saying something because not every player is going to make it. Like I said, there's thousands of players that are eligible all at the same time and 250 300 back then they had 12 plus rounds if i'm not mistaken wasn't it yes 12? they did okay i couldn't remember I, I remember looking at it because you were drafted the same year as Vinny Testaverdi, which yep. you know is like you know first overall pick was vinnie Testaverdi. i looked i was like oh wow that was that was a guy that played like 40 years it seemed like you know it seemed like <laughs> every, it was like the brett Favre saga with vinnie Testaverdi he came back to back up, you know, Tom Brady at one point on the on the Patriots, you know, that's mm-hmm. you know, saying something. So now I want to bring up something here real quick. January 25th, 1987. What happened that day? Do you do you know? Because you were still in and, Fresno state. Yes, you were still in Fresno state in 1987. Do you know what happened on that day, January 25th, 1987?
1: 1987 january come on man that's so long oh, ago and you want to go back to 1987 i know i can't even remember yesterday i got CTA. what if i said 39
0: to 20. what if i said that would that oh the, the Giants. yes the giants won the super bowl in 1987 pasadena in pasadena the rose bowl they won 39 20. they beat the denver broncos john elway and the denver broncos this is before they had of course you know some of the big names that they would end up getting when they won their super bowls True. but Now, here's the thing, George Young, great general manager. We all know, you know, if you look up all the players, he's drafted a great, great general manager, but there's a guy that is known as a big tuna, Bill Parcells. So getting drafted by him, this is a guy that, you know, is a defensive mind. You know, obviously you saw that defense, they were just Mm -hmm. scary. You did not banks, Taylor, you know, throughout the years, Leonard Marshall, like you guys had some of the most feared names in the NFL. But then he drafts that year, Mark Ingram, Adrian White, and then third round number eighty three was this guy five foot eight out of Fresno, five foot eight out of Fresno named uh, I think uh, Steven Baker I think was his name. Yeah, I'm gonna five, go hundred and fifty eight 158 pounds. Yeah, one hundred fifty eight <laughs> pounds wet, you know, soaking wet. What, what was it like to be drafted? Here, The same year, 1987, just a few months after the Super Bowl, by the Super Bowl-winning team. And not only did they draft you, they drafted Mark Ingram, who was a a pretty talented receiver out of college. You know, he he had some pretty great numbers. He definitely deserved to be picked first round. Was it mm-hmm. F- Florida State? I no, um, Adrian went to Florida State. Um, oh, Adrian. Mark, a, Michigan, Michigan. Michigan, that's State. right. Okay. Yeah, I have it here. Yeah, yeah. Now that's I okay. see it. But, uh, you know, so that being said, the the linebacking core alone, you know, you know, I'll name the names here. Carl Banks, Lawrence Taylor, Gary Reasons. You know, just alone that that's scary. I'm not and going there's, the middle. Pepper there's Johnson. another Hall of Famer on that team, and I want to see if King Uno can name him. There was one other player I did not name. I'm not gonna say his name, King Uno or Nambo. You guys I know Steven Baker knows. Oh of course. I know of course because he knows. Yeah, so Lawrence hmm. Taylor, Carl Banks, Gary Reasons. And they had another player that they all combined for 20 Pro Bowls between them. Two of them were Hall of Famers. I did not name one of them. Named the main one. Everybody knows Lawrence Taylor. But I knew this guy before because he was one of the better guys to see. I mean, I, was, I would be afraid to face this team. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't, know, I don't know very many people that weren't afraid. I mean, the Niners were pretty aggressive. But that was one of the teams that they were afraid of. But his name, Harry Carson. He's a Hall of Let Famer, up. Uh, never get a very great, great player, played a great career with the Giants, actually, you know, said some great things in a, a documentary that they had about you. He said some great things about you saying that he, he had a nickname for you. Weezer. Weezer. I couldn't remember <laughs> it. I couldn't yeah. remember it. Weezer. Little you know, weasel. Yeah, From the Little some, Rascals. Yeah, from the Little said, Rascals. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> now, now I, I named all those players for a reason. You're going on to a team that had this great of a defense, notoriously known, and here they drafted two wide receivers with the first three rounds. What is going through your mind, Bill Parcell, I, I'm pretty—I don't know him as a coach. I know that he's—you know—obviously he's a great coach and a Hall of Famer. He's—you know—done it all in this in the business. Mm-hmm. What was it like getting drafted by Bill Parcells?
1: Well, first of all, Parcells didn't. Um make the picks like you said george young did it so if he would have had it his way i wouldn't have been there because he only liked six foot two and above wide receivers correct and i get that because that's all he's probably won with but george young brought myself in and of course ingram first round and odessa was a fourth round pick
3: yeah they were looking to
1: make a change and that's my message to the kids all the time i tell them you could be the best and still not make it you know had they not been willing to get rid of the three receivers because they weren't happy with the production and they the it was there for the taking for us all we had to do was be pretty decent and as it turned out you know we turned it up in one-on-one drills we brought the crowd to their feet and all that stuff and they ultimately ended up getting rid of those uh, the three other receivers and then we all made the team but parcells message to us all the time was always you know one time we were practicing group practicing with the patriots and we were struggling he called us all over in a huddle and said, look here, man, get your heads out of your, you know what? I don't know if I can say it on here.
0: Yeah, no, you can say anything. There's okay. no filter
1: here. All right. Get your heads out of your asses. And he said, take a look over there. So we look over, and it's the team that he won the Super Bowl with. He said, I won the two Super Bowl with them son of a I don't need any of you assholes in front of everybody, in oh, front wow. of Patriots <laughs> fans and everything. And, of course, we went over there and started, you know, we started practicing a, a lot harder. He knew what buttons to push on everybody. Uh, mine for instance he, he told me he didn't like little guys three strikes, little from california and i had an earring in my ear and he said he didn't like any of them oh so <laughs> you,
0: you're already three shots in the wind there you right? already struck out yeah, oh yeah
1: i had to, i had to earn his respect man and and pete this i i um uh, one the preseason game i was catching a punt i was pretty good in college and and the pros most of the guys were pissed off if they're on special teams because they always felt they should be started so they didn't take it as serious as college so i'm doing what i do in college false step forward and give ground the wall come to me i do that i get tackled it was like getting crushed by aluminum can like you crush aluminum can i got up my finger was fractured my ankle was severely swollen i was seeing stars and i didn't go to treatment and i said you know what I- i'll be able to practice monday I wasn't able to practice monday at the meeting parcells fronted me out and said i guess our punk ass rookie must have a lot of money because i'm about to find his ass three thousand dollars for missing two practices
0: <laughs> or two treatments
3: oh,
1: so wow. i was in
0: the doghouse man
1: to well, begin you guys, with
0: you guys had phil sims mark bavaro lionel uh manuel who were all pretty good you know joe morris had a great season the year before yeah you know so here you guys had some pretty good some pretty good players Maurice uh, Carthon, is that his name? Yep. A good fullback, fullback. yeah, very powerful. I mean, he looked like a beast, I mean, from what I saw. Uh, But you guys had a pretty good-looking team going back. I mean, you know, I know they – obviously every year you're going to lose one or two players, you know, key players even at that. You know, that just happens even now more so than ever. You know, back then it wasn't as much. But, I mean, you know, it wasn't common for players to leave free agent, whatever. Uh, right. So now here it is, new season, rookie year, 1987. There was something big that happened in 1987 in the NFL season. And I, I want you to tell us what happened in that season because it would be better coming from an NFL player because I didn't understand everything because I kind of read through it and I was like, okay, this is a, a, big, a big thing here. So what happened in the 1987 season that was very big in the NFL?
1: Well, you imagine you all excited to play in the NFL. You made the team and in the middle of the season, NFL strikes. And I'm telling you, it was like they just took a weight and dropped it on your head. And, you know, the veterans were saying, you rookies, y'all don't understand what we're fighting for. Just remember, if y'all cross that line, when this ends, you got to come back to this team. And I'm like, okay, Mr. Carson, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Uh, Martin, George Martin, because they were all elder statesmen and they knew what we were ultimately fighting for. So strike year kind of hurt, man, because I was just getting on fire. I scored my first NFL touchdown and was ready to go. And then we had the strike, man. I, I tell you that as you don't know, you know, as a young player, you just want to play. Yes. You know it, it wasn't even about money or anything. I just want to get out there and make the crowd bring them to their feet. And then all of a sudden it came to a screeching halt. And they brought in the replacement players which horrible name they called them scabs which was a horrible name to say because yeah. if i was in that
2: place though if we're going to be honest i actually like the movie it's a great movie by the way just throwing it out oh the what's replacements that? a movie, the the replacement. movie oh my god yeah throwing
0: Reeves. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah yeah. that's a great movie by the way just throwing it out Yo, what's up, it really Dread?
0: Is. how you doing dreaded man we're interviewing stephen oh, baker right now though,
2: not to uh not to get off track you mentioned the kids earlier mr baker do you still do the um full-time permanent substitute teacher at uh, the elementary school or oh no man
1: thank you for asking that dude I did that for 17 years man and it was the best job I I ever had because people the kids were just so they just knew me as the football player they didn't care how long ago I played they just knew I played for the Giants and whenever I had their classes I always got their undivided attention walking down the hallways for 17 years high-fiving the kids and it was probably the longest tenure I ever been at a one job and it was the most enjoyable but i i I stopped doing that uh about five years ago and now i just do my fun stuff man you know speaking engagements golf outings speaking of fun i see them arcades
2: back there uh can can i get that pac-man one off off, off?
0: (laughs) (laughs) walmart baby walmart yeah i saw i saw your post when you were setting it up i'm like oh this guy is he is uh, I'm a, a gamer, definite dude. gamer that's yeah a... i go
1: way back man i always wanted my own arcade in the house yeah and when we used to kids used to go into those dark arcades man with just only five dollars worth of quarters and now they make them three-fourths the size you can bring it home you kidding me man i'm gonna get like i got another one coming tomorrow oh no so nice. I, I plan to get about seven of them and my which one is, is your arcade. favorite so far man um i haven't really had company over to play with me but nba jam man that, that to say, is, it gotta um, be NBA
2: jam it, it oh come on NBA man <laughs> it's so
1: it's so it comes down to the last possession
3: <laughs> yeah are
2: right? you still into the um airplanes and helicopters i see your helicopters behind you are you still big into the um make uh the building the uh helicopters and the airplanes and stuff
1: oh no doubt man you can't see the other room where i got all of them in there i, I actually went flying this weekend and Every chance I get, I always go meet up with the boys and we fly the helicopters and the phone planes. And it's just a great hobby, man. I'm a type of guy that I was always intrigued by, you know, science and how things work and taking things apart and putting them back together and gaming, of course. So I'm just a nerd, man. I'm just a cool nerd. Yeah, cool <laughs> nerd. nerd, nerd. At that. Okay.
3: A,
0: a super bowl <laughs> winning nerd let's go that. <laughs> oh, a super bowl. Bowl. Is,
1: is that the super bowl trophy i
2: see right there in the background can you, can yeah you that's that the bowl? replica
1: that i have that they all gave us so it's like 30 years old it's made out of the same material but it's just a little smaller bring it to the camera so they can see it up,
2: up close Bring it to the so they can <laughs> sure see it. this is probably the closest we all get to a super bowl
0: yeah you're right you're right about that this is yeah. this is equivalent oh, for man. us winning the super bowl right here
2: there we go the Texans will never see that trophy <laughs> <laughs> the who? The,
0: te-
3: the Texans. Texans.
0: We had never seen oh, that you
1: never know, man. You she got that running back.
0: <laughs> yeah, what what's that we guy's think. name? He he uh Mark we got Ingram uh, got Mark Ingram. Henry, we got, right? No, no. no Texans the got Titans got Henry. Oh, the
1: Texans. Mark. I was thinking the Titans, my bad. Yeah,
0: we got Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram. That's still good.
1: Running oh, you got court. Mark Ingram Jr., huh? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Somebody you heard he of might- before. You might have met, yeah. met him before.
1: Uh, I got pictures of him when he was a little bitty something. Him and my daughter in Halloween costumes. I won't clown him, though.
0: (laughs) So 1987 season, you said, you know, shortened. You recorded 15 receptions for a total of 277 yards, two touchdowns. Obviously, a shortened season, you guys sadly finished 6-9. and Like you said, they had, you know, whatever you want to call them, the replacements, whatever, due to the player strike. That was a very disappointing season, obviously, after winning a Super Bowl to have that happen. But yeah. what was the morale like in the locker room? Because you really can't blame that per se on you guys. It wasn't like you guys were out there. You know, you had the strike going on. It was what, a three-week strike, wasn't it? Something like that or three yeah. it was Three yeah. weeks. Yeah. So you guys had the strike. So, you know, it wasn't – I mean, it, it can't really be that disheartening, right? Like because it wasn't really like anything preventable. You guys had to get that. That was something that needed to be addressed, you know, players – wanted what they deserve and all due respect exactly. to all those players i agree they they were on they were fighting for something they believed in and they deserved that so mm-hmm. did that affect the morale at all like you know with with that you know a losing season i mean it's a losing season and it hurts but i mean it, you can't really fully blame it on the team so i mean did it affect the morale at all
1: no i would say not because you know we had a great leader in there man parcells would not let it
0: <laughs> yeah no and, you know he's
1: a no-nonsense type of guy man and, and that thought never entered our minds and actually we had somebody jump across uh lt if yes. you remember he was yes. playing running back and tied yeah. in yeah and then and there um, was
0: other players howie long was one of the guys yeah. that that crossed over he was a tight end defensive. We, man.
1: we understood why Lt did it because he really needed something to take his focus off of, you know, things.
0: Yes. Yeah. And that's
1: why he, he got a pass. And but you know me, I'm young. I'm like, man, how come I can't get a pass? I just want trust me, I just wanted to play, man. I didn't care <laughs> who the competition was or whatever. But you know, like I said, Mr. Carson made sure that you know that I didn't cross and whatever. But yeah, I'm around uh, like I said, the leadership we, we were ready, man. I can't remember our record that following year.
0: But um, I know we. Oh, we'll, we'll get to yeah. the next season. We're gonna get oh, to the. Okay, end. okay. We're okay. going, we're going <laughs> season by season, brother. You're here for so right. a long haul, man. <laughs> I want to talk to you about every season. So you guys, I'm sure like, you get asked this a lot. But going back to Super
2: Bowl 25, yes, you catch that touchdown. What is it like? What, what's your reaction? What's going on through you? Like from the moment you walk into the stadium to the moment you caught that touchdown pass, what was it like?
1: Well, okay, so walking into the stadium was unlike any other game as far as the bus ride. Usually the bus ride from the hotel is usually, you know, 15 minutes or whatever. Uh, and it was that until we actually got to the actual parking lot. And when we drove, the bus could only go like five miles an hour. It took us like 40 minutes to go like maybe 500 yards because the bus was surrounded by people just banging on it you know saying here we go giants here we go <laughs> boom boom so <laughs> about 40 minutes of that we and we get to the stadium and you walk in there you have to get your uniform on it's like it's unlike any other game you ever play because you can just feel it the electricity all the cameras flashing and the tension is so thick you can cut it with a knife and i actually felt like i was running in quicksand the first couple of plays because oh, you just wow. didn't seem fast enough. And then my wake-up play, every NFL player will tell you in that game that they have a play that wakes them up and be like, oh, it's just a regular game. Uh, my first reception, Howard Cross, it was intended for, and it went off his fingertips. And I just snatched it out of the air. I didn't have time to think, and I got it. And Odoms caught me right around the waist. I was, I was gone. And after then, man, my legs came back. I felt light. And, of course, they called my number right before the half. And I'm saying, all right. I've scored on this play, what, three times during the season. And they knew, I knew it was coming to me if I if we got man coverage. And I said, you know what, this is it. This is what I worked all my life for. I'm about to run the best post corner route I've ever ran in my life. I ran it a thousand times, but this is gonna be the best one ever. And I right. did everything technically sound, not to sound corny, but when you go to the post, you're supposed to turn around and put your hands up like this so the quarterback can look at you and pump it, three steps, mm-hmm. and I came out of it. Tom Coughlin taught us, Drop that left shoulder, throw that arm out like that, man. And I came out the break. The ball was already in the air, and I just went to it like a magnet. And it was no way that I was going to drop that ball. I, that thought never entered my mind because it was such a perfect throw. And the line picked up the blitz. And if you watch the play, you can see the two middle linebackers blitz. Uh-huh. And that's how I knew right away it was man. All I had to do is beat Odoms and. Um, dude it was awesome it's like wow that's it I thought the heavens was going to open up and everything and, and I'm not saying that to diminish the moment but it was it was a, a regular touchdown but you know as you get older it means a lot more now every time I see the highlight and him missing the field goal I, I still get chills so oh it was yeah
0: thank you it was one of the best Super Bowls if not the best Super Bowl to watch I mean I watched it from beginning to end they have it on platforms like YouTube and you can actually watch the game. And I watched it just just to cover this this podcast. I watched it while I was writing everything. I have five pages front and back (laughs) of just notes, things that I've I read up on. I I told you I did a lot of research and I I, I meant it. So nineteen eighty eight you guys after the striking season, you guys picked up a name that you mentioned just a minute ago. Tom Coughlin as a wide receiving coach. This guy was a huge, huge, it's, I mean, Giants fans all around he's the world the love the tonight. name. So there. what did Tom Coughlin mean to you at that point? Because here he is. He's new to this team, the wide receiving coach. You guys are looking fresh coming into the season. You guys look actually look like a very good team going into the season, the preseason. Mm-hmm. You guys looked great. So what did Tom Coughlin teach you guys as far as receivers go? And what kind of impact did he make? You mentioned how he taught you to, you know, elbow people when you're doing your little post-corner route. Mm-hmm. What, what other things did he instill in you guys?
1: Well, definitely wasn't personality. Because oh. when he came to the team, bro, we could not stand him. Lionel Manuel and him used to always bump heads. And oh. the only guy that really got along with him was Phil McConkey because McConkey was a, a former um, a helicopter pilot in the yeah. Marines or the
0: I Navy. Was, I'm sorry, was, the Navy. I, I know he was in some type of armed force when I looked him yeah. up. I, I didn't it, know the name actually, and I feel bad because he actually no. was a pretty solid receiver. I mean, he was, Oh, like, yeah, he was, long, man. So I learned a lot yeah. from him. Yeah. But he, so
1: Phil Phil would be the only one that would be up in the meetings <laughs> when, because um, we would fall asleep, man, and, and up against the wall while Tom was talking, because he would just go on and on. And we're like, we got it, coach. We got it. But what he brought to the table was, he called it the larry bird work ethic so you know what that meant yeah larry bird was probably not the most gifted uh physically (laughs) athlete but he put in the time and you know what i'm saying and that's what we had to contend with and i mean we had zero time to ourselves like when they would do nine on seven or goal line practice that used to be our time to rest He would go get a uh, a backup quarterback and take us to the end of the field and start running goal line routes, slants, and all this stuff. We actually took tests the night before the game about multiple choice, (laughs) and we had to write it. If you didn't know what you were supposed to do, if you couldn't recognize the fronts, because he would, we had to learn what the quarterbacks learned, man. And all these were to give us a tip of what the coverage was going to be. And I guess what I'm trying to say is he left no stone unturned. And when we got into the games. We didn't even have to think about stuff. Mark Ingram and I were always on the same page. Like they can't do it, stick with the route. We got two coming and they defensive backs will be looking at us like, how the hell they know that? You know what I'm saying? We, yeah. uh, it became fun. But when he first came there, we couldn't stand it, man. But he taught us so much with the um, the route running and the dragging of the foot. Um, drag it and stomp. first stomp one foot in and drag the other one so you can leave a skid mark, <laughs> pause. The skid yeah. mark on the uh, field, on the turf, and yeah. And... Yeah, now they drive up what little pebbles and stuff or not, but just little things he brought to the game, man. And uh, the jugs machine, we didn't have the jugs machine. He'd have us walking towards it, you know, and that was probably the best tool ever when we got that jugs machine. And we start, we would, he'd say, ball, we turn around and run to him full speed and catch it, and keep getting closer and closer. So he brought a lot to the table.
0: So he was rather a help to the team, obviously. Oh, no uh, doubt. You guys' coaching staff, there are some big names on there. A guy named Bill Belichick, I, I think he had a pretty decent career with, with the Patriots. I mean, you know, a few Super Bowls oh, yeah. there. And then Romeo does, Cornell has eight. actually been one of the better assistant coaches. Yeah. And he's with he, the Texans for yeah, a little while. Yeah, he's, he's been kind of all over. I mean, he's a, yes. like he's been all over anyway. It seems like every year he was somewhere else. But, you know, some great coaches. Obviously, great coaching can also help a team get to great great levels. Um, right one of my followers asked the question being a bulldog yourself what are your thoughts on Devonte adams another wide receiver that is from fresno number State. two wide receiver behind deandre hawkins but whatever yeah <laughs> depending uh, on who you know, ask not <laughs> i gotta yeah i gotta go
1: with my, my bulldog man i i love his route running he has uh his footwork is is impeccable correct and that's what i look at when i look at receivers like him and edelman to me are the guys that that i look at far as they can get open when you need it, and yes. it's all about footwork. You don't, you know, you don't necessarily have to be fast. You got to be quick. We call it back in the day. We called it getting up in the kitchen and getting out the kitchen. <laughs> and <laughs> to him, to me, he does that very well, as well as um, Julian.
0: So we mentioned that. 80- happy
2: belated birthday, Mister Baker, real quick. I know your birthday was last week. I, I believe it was uh, your birthday. Happy belated birthday. Uh, uh, thanks, man. Hit the big 57.
0: <laughs> fifty-seven. Still
3: playing with video games. Happy late birthday. Okay. Yeah, Thank definitely. You. I've I I, he was the first
0: it. one to wish me a happy birthday. For the record, I want to throw that out there <laughs> on my birthday. He was the first one to wish me a happy birthday with Stephen yeah, Baker. Yeah, yeah, okay. Was and awesome, I, even, I was bragging about it at work. I was like, "Man, my, this guy just wished me a happy birthday," and because <laughs> you're on the East Coast and I'm on I'm on the West Coast, I was like, "It's it's two, it's two hours away," but he's the first one to wish me a happy birthday. And my coworker. Oh like, man, you're very welcome, man. Tomorrow's your birthday. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> 1988 season. You guys went ten and six. And I'm gonna mention one game in particular, actually one name in particular, Altoon, caught a game winning catch against you guys, the Jets versus Giants. Probably the game actually was a very, very good game. And I know that just blew, yeah. that just made you mad right there. Altoon catches a catch with thirty seconds, thirty-seven seconds left in the game, that final drive. You guys, all you had to do was win the game, and you guys were guaranteed a playoff spot. You guys failed to make the playoffs. I'm sorry to bring this up. Ronald Cunningham and the Eagles ended up winning the division that year, going 11-5 uh, and uh, five that season. You guys go 10-6. and six. What, what was that like? Was that a season of disappointment, or was it more like you guys were still growing? I mean, because you got to remember, you guys had Mark Ingram's second year now. You were in your mm-hmm. second year. Odessa's second year. And yes, there was some some aging, you know, players on the team, you know, that were you know starting to fade away. But you guys still had some big names, Banks, yes. you know, Taylor. You still had Parcells coaching. You guys still had all this going on. So really, was it a a disappointing season, or was it just a season where you guys were looking at, okay, we're growing, we're still getting used to each other because you guys had the shortened season the year before. So, in your yeah. opinion, you know, based off of the locker room morale, if you can remember that far back, mm-hmm. what was that game like? That Week Sixteen loss to the to the Jets. I know it, it, that was obviously that hurts. I mean, I know bringing it up. I saw your face, and it definitely definitely hurts. Yes, yeah, Adam, we know? did we did ask him <laughs> about LT. You'll you'll catch the podcast. I know you will, Adam. But go, going back to it, like what what was Week Sixteen like after losing to the Jets?
1: Well, if you can imagine, man, we we were the freaking away team in our stadium because it always says giant stadium up there.
0: Yes, yes.
1: (laughs) But we were considered the away team that day. So it felt different. You know, our fans, it wasn't our fans in the building, but I had a very good game. I scored two touchdowns. I think I caught a, a pass or two as well, but I had two touchdowns. Yes. And. Phil McConkey, who never fumbles, man. If you ever look at some old highlights, somebody got to have some highlights out there. You want to see one of the most solid punt returners ever. Phil McConkey would do his just like this. He, that's why he stayed in the league so long because he never fumbled. And Parcell, that's the type of guy Parcells wanted back there. Um, he fumbled the ball late in the game and he yes. got it back. And when they lined up, they caught us. It was great coaching by them because I never forget my teammate, Maurice Carthon was sitting, sitting next to me and he said, Oh hell no. They got Tommy Flynn covering Al tune. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning strong safety covering a wide receiver. Yes. We live for that. And of course he threw that fade to him and knocked us out. And I just tell you, we were so dejected because we had that game and, um, it just makes you hungrier for next year though, man, believe it or Correct. not. Yes. And, um, we we did just that because we we're and all the Rams had to do was win. I think they played the 49ers and they the 49ers rested all their players or something, so they <laughs> yeah, could lose the game on purpose. They it, uh,
2: sucks, it sucks when your fate hanging another team's hand, like you're like,
1: you know, right? I
0: know we don't <laughs> like yeah, other, but see, you, you no, do this one job, yeah. And you know, to be fair though, you guys, you know, losing that game that. that that was very big because all you guys had to do is win, and you were guaranteed a playoff spot. And I know. to lose it like
1: that—no
0: oh. so, disrespect, to Altoon. he was a great Jet receiver. Oh, right? no doubt, and he was—you know—one of the best, if not the best, Jet receiver. Uh, You know, Keyshawn Johnson, Wayne Wayne Corbett. You know, there's other guys that since him have had great careers, but he was like the guy of the Jets team. You know, so you know, again, I you know, I I. I hate bringing names up like that, but next season oh. is not going to be any sweeter. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But that <laughs> season, 1988, you actually had a very solid season. You had 40 receptions, 656 yards, seven touchdowns. And you mentioned the last game, you did have two touchdowns. A very solid game. I think you ended up with, I think it was 88 total yards in that last game. It wasn't okay. a very high-scoring game, and it wasn't a very high-powered game. But then again, if you look at the Giants, like if you look through the box score through every season that I've, I I have covered, which was from your rookie season to the 1992 season there really weren't like super blowout games like they were all like de- you could tell they were defensive games like three to nine you know or whatever you know it wasn't like super blowout so to lose a game because of a defensive miscue like you said really had to hurt like right, right? Yeah. excuse
2: yeah. me did y'all beat him up in the locker room no man he's one it, of us but yeah <laughs>
1: It was just great scheming by them, you know. We had to give credit to the Jets. I don't know how they did it or how they got that matchup, but they got that matchup and it happened so fast. And I know Maurice Carthon; he was always like a coach on the field, man, and he saw it right away. <laughs> and he looked at me and said, "Oh hell, we he got co- uh Tommy Flynn covering Altune.
0: <laughs> we yeah. should have called a timeout." <laughs> yeah. So now let's go right. to 1989. You guys go 12 and four that season. And there's a name that I'm about to say that if you're a true Giants fan, you hate with a passion, Flipper Anderson. Yeah, he can go. Flipper. Flipper. Here's the Flipper right here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry guys, so, sorry. I'm just I'm just being funny. No, no, no. <laughs>
0: flipper Anderson has had. You know I looked him up and I was like, the name sounded familiar. He actually had the most receiving game, most receiving yards in a game at one yeah. point. Uh, was what 256? I believe it was. I I don't remember. But no, he's great. He was a great receiver, and you just hate hearing names like that in oh. G- as a Giants fan. I know this is bringing it up, but here's what happened. 12-4 <laughs> and four is a very great year. Now tell us Absolutely. what happened Love against it. the St. Louis – well, was it St. Louis Rams or Los Angeles Rams? I have it. It was Los yes. Angeles Rams. Yeah, it was Los Angeles Rams. Yes, Los Angeles Rams. I mean, you guys – okay, Pepper Johnson, Terry Conrad, uh, Lawrence Taylor, Carl Banks – Sheldon and uh, Sheldon White, Adrian White. You guys had some great players on your defense and mm-hmm. you guys had, you know, Phil Sims, uh, Mark B- uh, Bavaro, a great tight end. Everybody's heard of. And here you guys, you actually had a very solid, very solid, uh, a team in that playoff game. Phil Sims got sacked seven times. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about the Los Angeles Rams game. He got sacked seven times and, the Flipper Anderson catch ended up winning the game nineteen to thirteen in overtime, but to get sacked seven times, you know, it it definitely w- wasn't comfortable. I'm sure, but he 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 would bounce back obviously. But what was that game like? Because that had to be even worse. Because here, the winner plays the in the NFC Championship game, which they would play the Niners. And of course, the Niners would end up winning. I mean, who's to say you guys couldn't beat the Niners with your guys' defense? You. I think you guys, it would have been. Oh, that would have been an amazing game with that defense. It would have been one of the best games. I think that would have been better than the Super Bowl that you guys won. <laughs> <I do> too. <laughs> because Lawrence Taylor was at the prime. Carson yep. was just killing it in the end. Of you know, not not literally, guys. He Carl Banks was <laughs> a very solid linebacker. High, in my opinion, underrated. I mean, he had some great career numbers. And you know, like I said, Pepper Johnson was a very good player too. Oh on yeah. Defense. So you guys had. A very good defensive core so in your opinion do you think you guys win the super bowl that year
1: absolutely man and if you take you back to that game you know that was my first playoff uh experience in a game and just like the super bowl it's a a different type of feel man it's like you don't know how a a younger player is going to react in a game like that and they called my number on the first drive i caught like a 17 yard in cut and i like okay i'm ready to play and then i end up i think i had two receptions that game i actually had a bomb they threw me and it was against my college teammate michael stewart who played at fresno with me yes and he was a safety on the the rams at the time and we actually went out shopping the day before so it was kind of cool but if you recall we lost that game because they called a bogus pass interference on yep. sheldon white sheldon white yeah sheldon
0: yeah sheldon white yeah, yeah.
1: Bogus man, you, anybody doubt me on that? You can google it, it's on YouTube. I watched the whole game again, and that got him closer. And then they threw the bomb, of course. And to Mark Collins' credit, who's one of the best corners that I ever we went against each other every day to make him better and for him to make me better. We would go at it. He broke his ankle on that play guard in that oh, uh, flipper well. Anderson because flipper made an outstanding catch, though. I can't take nothing away from him. And but Mark. Collins was trying so hard that he broke his ankle on that play. So
0: you couldn't be mad
1: at Mark. You did and have two I, catches
0: in, for 46 yards in that game. You okay. Know, a pretty good playoff game, you know, two, yeah, two catches and 46 yards. That's, you know, pretty good numbers. But, and if you recall, you
1: know, James, we did not throw the ball back in the day. I know no. some of your, yeah. your listeners. You look are, at the
0: stats, you know, the oh, yeah. Hall of Fame quarterbacks of the 80s. Oh, and, and mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have. 350 yard games all the time it was very very unheard of in fact yeah you know that's you know the defenses were so hard-nosed though so you really couldn't you you know it was a there was a lot of great defenses back then and like i said you're especially you're right. with the giants you know if you actually look at the Giants stats every year you know phil sims didn't have like today's society would call it hall of fame numbers in today's sure. world he would not be considered even a Pro Bowl, you know. Alex Smith like numbers, if you know, if you will. Like Alex Smith is the closest comparison I can have. Alex Smith is going to throw 180 yards, but throw two touchdowns, and you guys are going to win because your defense is great, or he played really smart, and you, or your running game is great. You know that's yep. how today's football is. Back then, it was very common. You know, thousand yard rushers were. Were kind of coming in. Joe Morris had mm-hmm. one. Uh, Rodney Hampton had a few Rodney. years where you know he had that. Otis Anderson, you know, we'll talk about him. He had a few great seasons in his career, you know. And the thing is, is with that season is right after you guys lost to see the Rams lose. How did you feel at home, or did you not even care? You just walked away from football. Just kept your workouts going because you had to see them <laughs> lose to the to the niners i mean that that had to hurt you because you guys could have beat the niners there, you guys beat the niners in the season yes and you so- know
1: what i was actually in a bar watching it with the great larry zonka
3: <laughs> oh, okay
1: <laughs> who played for the you guys probably don't know him but he played with the um the miami dolphins on that undefeated team and he was like a hard nosed fullback Johnson. and uh anyway he was commentating uh gonna be doing some game out there anyway I watched it with him and all i could do was, was just shook our heads man I'm like well that's it and you know took some time off of course and get ready for next year and yeah. like i said a credit to parcells and them to, to get us ready because every year if you look at it we're getting better and better
0: yes it's just, yeah. you know we'll get to <laughs> the next year which yes. you know we will talk you know this is you know you guys 1989 was a big year but here we are the biggest year the the year that you know has a trophy You know until 1990 you guys go 13 and three you know a very big season and you actually had a very good season 26 receptions 541 yards four touchdowns overall pretty solid season and now a lot of people go you know today's world that doesn't sound like a lot but back then that was actually the leading receiver on the team you know i'm almost i mean you you didn't have thousand yard receiving you know players but it was far few between especially on a Giants team that was notoriously known for their great defense. And here you guys are. Your first first round you guys face, Mike Dicka and a very good defensive team in its own right, the Chicago Bears, who had some pretty good weapons on their offense. The, the Bears at that point were 11-5, but they did not look like an 11-5 team. They looked like a, a 0-16 team the way they played mm-hmm. against you guys. The final score of that game, by the way, you guys, if you guys are interested, 31-3. to by the way, just throwing that out there. And here's the thing: the quarterback that started that game. Do you remember? Do you remember the quarterback? It wasn't Phil Sims, so I know you know who it was because he won the Super Bowl <laughs> with you guys. Yeah. Who was the starting quarterback, you guys? Anybody know in the chat? Anybody? King Leno?
1: I'm not. I know Dreaded knows if he's still here. <laughs> yeah,
0: Dreaded would know. King Leno. Yeah, Rambo. I'm about to, I'm about to say either Dreaded I or Coach
2: Biggs know that.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: Coach
2: Big definitely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Guy named Jeff, you guys know the last name. Come on, guys! It's uh, familiar. Yeah, I miss the guys. I gotta get back into
1: streaming, man. He's having yeah. so much fun.
0: Oh yeah, man, we miss you. I, I definitely. Nah, I'm, I'm gonna get back, bro. I really am. Well, Jeff Hossettler was a guy. He actually, dread is still here. Jeff Hossettler, He threw. This is this is it. Ten for seventeen, 112 yards, two touchdowns, and you know, you guys won 31 to three. So you hear those numbers, and you think, "Wow, that was." That was interesting, but it was a great defensive game. You actually had three receptions, 58 yards. You know, it had to feel like this is your year. I mean, to win 31-3 to in that first round against the Bears, who actually had a very good – yeah, Tommy C. got it. I I knew he would. He's a dinosaur. (laughs) So now here we are, NFC Championship game. Okay, I'm going to name some players real quick. Roger Craig, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Ronnie Lott, Charles Haley. These are some – or some big names. F- big names here. That's the San Francisco 49ers. A tough team. What's going through your guys' head going into this game? Because Joe Montana, Jerry Rice alone is scary for any defense. So you guys mm-hmm. are on the office uh, you're on the office side. Ronnie Lott, you know, he's he's a headhunter, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and Charles Haley you know, I mentioned Charles Haley, Haley. He's a Ronnie Lott is on a bear. Yeah, he's 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 on uh, another level. That, and this, by the way, you guys was actually a very, very good game too to watch. I actually watched the game. I truly, truly enjoyed it. It was an amazing game to watch. But you guys are facing this legendary team, a bunch of Hall of Famers. What's going through your mind now? Obviously, you didn't know they were Hall of, Fames at the, Hall of Famers at the time. You knew they were going right. to be, but they, you know, not for sure. What's going through your mind at this point, facing this team with this caliber of players?
1: Payback, bro. Remember, yeah. they beat us in the middle of the season. <laughs> they did payback. <laughs> they did. That was the only thing on our mind. And I'm not even joking. Parcells actually told us when we lost to them barely uh, on Monday Night Football, he said, Guys, keep your head up. We may see these guys again. And lo and behold, I mean, I'm the type of guy, don't give me a second chance. And everybody else bought into that. And like you mentioned, it was a total team effort by us. I'll tell every, anybody who wants to see a game that. Exemplifies team that game was it because we had no superstars like those legendary players you mentioned. But we had Matt Barr, who made all the field goals. We had Bavaro, Mark Ingram, myself make the last three catches to get us in field goal range. We had Gary Reasons being a heads up player, knowing that there's 10 people on the field and called the fake punt. You know, he could have choked and been like, Oh, well, I'm scared to do it. But no, he saw it was 10 players out there, he called the fake punt signal. Got us down there. Got another field goal. Nothing pretty, nothing flashy, but a defensive Very battle. Smart, and then when yeah. LT got that ball back, are you yes. kidding me? You talk about hype, man. This is like something I all your life for to playing a game like that. And Mark Ingram looked at me when LT recovered that fumble when Roger Craig fumbled. He said, "Bake, it's up to us." I'm like, "I'm with you, bro." And it was. We made the last three catches to get us in field goal range, and Matt Bar hit that baby right down the middle. It was. It was like sweet revenge man
0: so here you are you guys are you win the game 15 to 13 you know Mm -hmm. here it is very close game now you guys are going to the super bowl to face the buffalo bills a very good team. Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, James Lofton, Andre Reed. That's just naming some of the players on the offensive side. <laughs> Andre Reed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Andre Reed was Legend. a Hall of Fame receiver. So. Oh, yeah, I mean, he definitely is. Just, he, he definitely is. You know, yeah. I'm just saying, it's just like you got all these big names. You guys are here. We go. We're about to face another good team. And mm-hmm. Bills fans hate the name. Giants fans love the name. Scott Norwood. This is a, <laughs> a field goal. We're going to get into that right now. But prior God, going to going to the Super Bowl, you mentioned people banging on the buses, what was the overall experience like? I mean, you had interviews, I'm sure you had. You had other things that were going on, you know, not just, you know, you had your press day, I'm sure. I don't know what it was like back then. That's what I'm trying to get at. In the 90s, I was, you know, I was four years old, and I remember watching the game because my uncle, every year, that's what we did. We always go to my (laughs) uncle's house, watch the Super Bowl. It was just a – and we did it until I was about 20 years old. And it was an every-year thing we did. So I remember watching the game. And I remember my uncle wanted the Bills to win, and my mm. aunt wanted the Giants to win because my uncle wanted the Bills to win. Gotcha. And I remember I was going for the Giants because truth be told, I loved, I loved watching LT just crack players up in the middle. You know, like <laughs> I, you know, I didn't know very much about football, but I knew, right? I knew LT. I knew what he did because I'm a Lions fan, so I knew what he did to us. And you know, you know, the offense. I didn't really know too much. I know Phil Samson, you know, he was not a part of it because he was hurt, I believe, right? that was the year he got hurt yeah he yeah he got injured yeah he got yeah. injured and you know but going into this the whole experience what was that like for you you know because this is all new you know the super bowl is all new the some of these guys you know phil sims has been there you know some of the other players lt you know carsons they mm-hmm. all have been there you know so they've been there done that they know what they're they're dealing with but for you this has got to be you know cloud nine right
1: yeah and and you know what it happened so fast because we only had a week to practice man we didn't they didn't give us the two weeks oh like the pro bowl
0: wasn't in between yeah right
1: and the war was going on at the time so they wanted to get the game played like right away i guess so right after the 49er game man we hopped on a plane and went right to tampa only to get there and see that they had jerry rice on one side and joe montana on the billboard throwing him a ball they were all prepared for the 49ers to go there
0: oh wow and
3: and
1: Parcells actually bro. got into an argument with the um uh, hotel people, they were not expecting us, bro.
0: Wow, <laughs> yeah, so it guys, was a big mix up. So you guys were uh already oh, yeah. doubted on before you even got there. It was already e- exactly wow, and, and of course,
1: um you know I ha- we only had a week to practice, and I will say this: I had the best week of practice I ever had in my life, far as being focused and not dropping very many passes, you know, during from we would challenge ourselves. We would try to go through from warm ups all the way to the end of the uh, practice or the whole to team to see who dropped the least amount of passes. And a couple of days, man, I hit somewhere I had zero drops and, it, you know, it served us well when we got in the game. But we, we were ready, man. And I was, um, of course, like I mentioned earlier, it was like being in a dream. Until yeah. You, Wake up and the interview process during all those interviews. I I'm, I was never big on all that. I didn't really like doing that. Um,
0: well, now you do. You seem pretty, pretty comfortable with it now. What was it like? Oh, no. <laughs> thank you,
1: man. But I, I didn't. Yeah. I, you know what? Because I was never one to like to talk before the game. You know what you're going to do. And I always kept it real humble. Yeah. Unlike some people today. You know, these
2: kids. Ugh, <laughs> yeah.
3: They just Don't talk like so no much, much. man. That. Just
2: do it. <laughs> what was it like knowing that they was expecting San Francisco but you guys knocked off the 49ers and was there like when you got there and seen all the billboards and stuff what was it like like oh so you guys doubted us but here we are like what what was the the feeling like for the team when you guys seen that
1: oh man you can't it it pisses you off first of all you know like wow they didn't even give us a like we're not even supposed to be here so what do we got to lose and you know. Uh, Belichick had the best game plan known to man and peep this imagine saying to today's receivers uh, the night before the Super Bowl uh, we already knew the game plan but the offensive coordinator Ron Earhart got rest his soul he said to us in the team meeting he said look man at the end of this game I want to have the longest time of possession in Super Bowl history so you so, know what we're doing we you know, just we're just yeah. heavy right and heavy left and, but you know what we did not care because it's like we're going out here to win this game. I don't care what it takes. I don't care if I catch one ball. We got, I'm going to do what I have to do. Otis Anderson right. always told us, and Dave Meggett, just get in their way. We'll go where we need to go. You just, Correct. you guys just get in their way. You don't even have to block them. Just get in their way. And th- that's what we're about, man.
0: Yeah, Otis Anderson had a big game that game. He had 100 yards rushing, a touchdown. And this guy named Stephen Baker caught the only receiving touchdown. And, we, you know, you talked about it, you know, Breaking off from Odom's. It was actually <laughs> one of the most prettiest catches in Super Bowl history, if not the most prettiest catches. And well, thank you, bro. <laughs> it was one of the nicest catches. And if you guys really want to watch a great Super Bowl, watch the 1990 Super Bowl between the New York Giants and the Buffalo Bills. It's one to definitely watch. You know, even if you're not a fan of Stephen Baker, it doesn't matter. All you got to do is be a fan of football, and you will enjoy it. Because it was a lot of great defense. And definitely, you could tell, great coaching, You like you mentioned. it oh, was. Yeah. Definitely great coaching involved. So that being said, here you guys are facing a guy like Jim Kelly. You know, like I mentioned, all these guys that I mentioned, you you know, you guys obviously have to be in the mindset that, well, we already have the great defense. We just got to make sure we do our own. So here it is. You're on the field. You catch, you know, you you didn't have, like, the, you know, the the 200-yard that you probably wanted, you know, you dreamed of. But Mm -hmm. the most important thing is you guys win. And – yeah. That being said, you know you caught a very big touchdown in Giants history. What did that make you feel like? Because like, that had to be a moment that you can't replicate. There's no way you can replicate that moment. That's one of the biggest catches in Giants history. They need a
2: statue of that catch outside. Yes, they, they do. Because <laughs> had you not caught no. that
0: ball, I mean, it was a perfect, perfect play. Like you said, you ran the perfect route. I mean, you can't run a better post route than that. There's no way. There's n- nobody in the NFL, I don't think, can make that route that with, with the way you did it it was just pure perfection that Thank being said you. it's like what's going in in your mind now like looking back now because here we are this is 31 years ago you know not not to make any of us feel old but <laughs> and we're still talking about it and i yeah. i would talk about this till i'm blue in the face even when i get older 30 years from now if i'm still alive i'll still be talking about it you know that how does that make you feel
1: Man, let me just tell you, it, it is such a blessing to be a part of Giant History in this fashion. And I have to say, you know, I can say like right now I can call Lawrence Taylor. I can call Harry Carson. I can call OJ Anderson. I can call Bavaro. Those guys are my friends now. So I, I it was just such an honor to be part of that team and still a part of Giant History because the giant organization is one of the classiest. I'm still in New Jersey because of what the giants do for us as retired players, man, we get appearances up the yin yang. We yeah. always working on their behalf and doing stuff. And it's because the giant faithful, the giant fan base, they never forget. And that's why when you say Steven Baker, they go, people go who, then you say the touchdown maker. And I'm like, Jesus, that's what I'm I'm known for. And that's definitely what's going to be on my tombstone. Yes. <laughs> So uh, it it is a blessing and and an honor to be a representative of this great organization and to be a part of history, you know? Yeah,
0: and history was made that day. You know, winning a Super Bowl, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed. You don't get a Super Bowl ring just for for being in the presence of a Super Bowl player. You get it for earning it. Your team definitely earned it that year. Wonderful experience. Here you guys are, cloud nine, and the news breaks that Bill Parcells, Is going to retire and yeah so going through your head what is going through your head at this point like that's that's gotta hurt this is your leader oh man i know know. and not only that happened you know you think somebody like the defensive coordinator that year who actually did a great job with that defense bill belichick he has some issues with george young apparently behind the scenes that i actually found out later because i was like hmm. why wouldn't they make him the coach and then mm-hmm. I found out they had some issues. They didn't like each other, whatever, and that's why they didn't go with Bill Belichick. Instead, they went with somebody named Ray Hanley, and a mm-hmm. lot of Giants fans were not happy looking back on it now. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know I didn't know who he was. I had to look him up. But what's wow. going through okay. your mind at that point? Because Bill Barcell, I knew who he was because he's done so much. He's still doing things for the the Cleveland Browns organization. He's still doing. He shows Bill up at Barcell events an and. Thing. Yeah he's, a, yeah, he's a household name, and now here you're getting somebody named Ray Hanley that I didn't even know who he was, and I had to actually do some research on him, but what is going through your mind at that point?
1: Well, uh, right after the Super Bowl, you know, of course, we'd heard inklings that he may be leaving, and if I recall correctly, I remember him saying to us at the conclusion of the game that you know man I think you've been hearing stuff about me but you think I would leave this you know what I mean and I remember I was going into this big roar and, and clapping and all that and at the end of the day you've got to understand it's a business so yeah when it, it when it did happen we were a little bummed I was you know I was a little of course we were devastated and of course usually when they make that transition to another coach is usually a defensive or offensive coordinator but in this case they went to a uh, position coach Ray Hanley was a running back coach correct? and that was his only experience and his downfall I think was that you know he had been on both the Super Bowls and he figured all the guys that were on those Super Bowls he said you know what I don't really have to police you guys which was a mistake he was saying like you guys know what it takes to win so he didn't really put the hammer down like parcells did parcells had you on edge man in practice our practices were worse than the games yeah because if you as a receiver if you want say you mess up and don't line up where you're supposed to and you run back across the formation he would just light in god damn it what the and it's like so practices were really hard and ray was a lot more forgiving because he figured you know you guys know what it takes and i think that was his downfall man Letting. um um, Too late, you know man. the players run the uh, prisoners run the asylum, so to speak. Yeah,
0: exactly. And you know, mentioned, you know you know the big tuna is gone. Phil Simms is 36 years old at this point, point. and mm-hmm. going into that season, there was a lot of rumors that he might not even be the starting quarterback. You know, All right? And Ray Hendley said in an interview that he has two great quarterbacks that can lead. We saw what you know Hostetler did in the in the Super Bowl, and he said that you know he he wasn't even sure going into the preseason who his starting quarterback was. What's going through your mind at that point? Because here you're, you're not even sure who's going to be starting week one, you know, at a quarterback position, you know, a very, like I said, the point guard of, of your team. Like, what is going through your mind not knowing who's your quarterback?
1: Well, and the way I, I looked at it, and I just looked at it at, at a logical, you know what I'm saying? Phil Sims had got injured. Hosteller had the hot hand. And I figured Hosteller should have started the season until otherwise, you yeah. know, he had the hot hand. And I'm being a little biased now too because I didn't mention that he and I weren't starters the Super Bowl year. I didn't start until the third game of the season because Odessa Turner went down. And of course, Jeff didn't start until Phil went down. But we always had that chemistry because whenever we would be the dummy offense for instance the redskins i would put on gary clarks and he'd say bait come on let's get them yelled at today meaning we're gonna burn them and, and get parcells just cursing them out and ultimately that made our timing be better that's why we weren't worried when jeff hosteller took over yeah but so i i was really fine with whoever would have been back there but if it was my choice i i, I would I, it should have been hosteller
0: and he he would start the season off that season he actually started yeah. off you guys started off looking really good Seven and five, oh, yeah. seven to five. You guys start off, and you know it. It seemed like everything was falling into place. All of a sudden, Hasselberg gets hurt. Yeah, you know, and your fearless fearless leader, you know, the guy that was doing so great for you guys. And like I said, seven to five is actually really good. You guys had the defense to possibly go eleven and five, but unfortunately, Phil Sims, for some reason, it just seemed like, you know, I don't want to say out of practice, but he just didn't seem like the Phil Sims of old. And you know, Mm thirty six years of age, like I said, you know that that's you know a little bit up there even in today's world, and yeah, he actually didn't do terrible. He threw uh, threw eight touchdowns, and he passed. He ended up becoming the all time touchdown leader that season, as far as quarterbacks go. He passed surpassed. I can't remember the guy's name. I didn't write it down. I should have. But it's okay. uh, Rodney Hampton had a thousand plus yards, and ten touchdowns. Leonard Marshall came in, had an amazing season, eleven sacks. LT played great and, until he got hurt, and week uh, he got hurt in week nine against the uh, Green Bay Packers. Right, and you guys lost him for the rest of the season. So here you have your your offensive guy, you know your quarterback. Your quarterback is you know generally the leader of the team. He gets hurt, and your leader on your defense gets hurt. You know, and then that's when the wheels really started falling off. And of course, you guys yeah. did not make the playoffs that year. And unfortunate back to st- back times that the Giants were in the Super Bowl, they did not make the playoffs. You guys mm-hmm. go 8-8. Eight and eight, But you guys didn't look like an 8-8 eight and eight team. Of, you know, you just the injuries just took place. And, you know, Lawrence Taylor at that time was 32 years of age. His body was starting to show a little bit of wear. You know, you mentioned extracurricular activities, you know, might have had mm-hmm. some impact on him. And you, you slowly start to see that the defense in those games, because I watched a few highlights of games from that season, and you just see, like, the defense looked like they were gassed out towards the end of games. I don't know if it's because they were, or it just seemed like the defense sort of died off, especially towards the latter part of the season. What yeah. was going through your mind during the season? I mean, because this is a big year. You guys are high on, you know, cloud nine just just a few months before, and here you guys are going down. You know, you guys are – you see injuries take place. You know, you're, you're like I said, the quarterback, you know, LT. What is going through your mind after all this, you know, eight and eight, you know, you're thinking to yourself, you got to be thinking we, we're better than this, right?
1: Oh, no doubt, man. And it's, it's sad to say, but you know, you can see that we were declining yeah. and um, you know, and that was my first two years that I was officially uh starter because all the other times and I would always be filling in because someone would get hurt two or three games into the season and I would end up finishing it. But, um it, it was it was really rough man and it,
0: it was well, this, Mark, Mark what Barbaro happened to also I forgot to mention he missed that whole season because of a knee a knee injury he had I forgot to mention that Mark Bavaro I accidentally scrolled too far and I, I just got caught up and no, so that it's was another big big help on your guys offense and you know and not to say Howard cross wasn't any good but you know you guys had to rely on him more he was you know I think that was the second year at that point you know Mark Bavaro had a great career and final year of his career in the Giants uniform was that year, and he didn't even get to play, unfortunately. You know, that's, right? That, that had a hurt, you know. And losing, and it just—it it was hard. I'm sorry to cut you off there, but please.
1: No, it's fine. And and you know, just by you bringing that all up again, it's just—I re- those were the dark times, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm yeah. Gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Those are the dark times, but you know, it was still. Fun to go out there and play, don't get me wrong, and try to perform and, and bring the crowd to their feet, because that's what I was always about anyway, just hearing that sound. I still love going to games today and just hearing the sound, the crowd. I can't speaking, wait to open the day yeah. sounds,
2: be there. Speaking the sound. of sounds, have you, did you attend either one or both of the giant Super Bowl parades after knocking off Tom Brady twice?
1: No, I never went to the parades, man, and we didn't have one because the war was going on, so we never even got to experience that or go to the oh, White man. House and do all that other cool stuff. But, you know, of course I uh, I was fortunate enough to play in one Super Bowl and I actually attended one uh when we lost to the uh the Ravens.
0: Oh, man. But, yeah. So, you actually so got that to was watch enough it. for me. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that man. was enough for me. <laughs> So now, following that eight and eight season, here you guys are. This is the last season you played. Did you know that that was going to be your last year? Going into I kind of
1: I kind of had an inkling because they brought in a new coach, and when a new coach comes in, they bring players that they're comfortable with. Yeah, and he brought in Mark
0: Jackson, um, Ed from UCLA. Ed McCaffrey ended up joining. Yeah, oh,
1: Ed was cool though. We loved. We called him Ed. Well, his <laughs> son is pretty
0: good, too. His son's a pretty yeah, good man. football player, you know, yeah, especially for Panthers fans. It. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you actually had a great season, though. 30 receptions, 525 yards, four touchdowns in that 8-8 eight and eight season. And then the next season, like I said, you guys, that would be your last. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't a terrible season for you. I mean, you had 17 receptions, 330 yards, and two touchdowns. Not a bad year. So, I mean, I know it was a little bit less than what you had, but I mentioned some of, you know, you guys had, you know, Ed McCaffrey started getting a little bit younger. I think he still had Mark Ingram on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and you guys still had some pretty good weaponry on the offensive side. Phil Simms was still there. In fact, that was the year before he had his last Pro Bowl season, because in 93 he would have a Pro Bowl season. So, I mean, it's still, there was still some light in that team, and here you guys are you guys ended up finishing you had some very bad breaks uh some people uh, there were some people that said that coaching could have been a little bit better that year with with the head coaching being you know ray ray henley Mm -hmm. you know i like i said i didn't even know who he was and then you mentioned he was a running back coach and that's all i found on him he didn't coach again (laughs) after that but you guys go six and ten and i'm gonna ask you a question and you know, obviously, I don't think Bill Parcells is going to be in here. I don't, I don't see him coming <laughs> in here. But let's say hypothetically, Bill Parcells is coaching this team. Do you guys make the playoffs? Those teams, both those teams. I mean, I think the first year, I think it's kind of like a no-brainer because you guys, you know, eight and eight. I think you guys with the Bill Parcells coach could have been easily twelve and four easily. But you know, my personal opinion. I mean, but your opinion. Both seasons. Do you guys make the playoffs?
1: I I believe so. And I'll say only because of the uh, iron fist that he put down. You know what I mean? He he never got up off the accelerator. He knew what buttons to push on everyone. Um, You made a mistake. He let you have it, you know, because he's doing it to make you the best player you can be. And at the end of the day, ultimately, all he wants to do is win. And if you're not helping him win and you can't take his – Verbal bashings, as yeah. we used to call it. Because, trust me when I tell you, he could say some very hurtful things, but they weren't meant to be personal. Now it's considered a form of bullying. Uh, you criticize a player, and even in films, I heard in high school, you can't really chew a butts out like you could back in the day to get your point across. You got to do it diplomatically, so it's not a form of bullying and whatnot. I I don't approve of that. I come on, man. We've, this is a gladiator sport, right? Contacting yes. a game that men yeah. play. You, you can't have feelings. A coach is yelling at me, he don't like me. No. He's trying to make you the best player you can be. Correct. I always tell the kids, if he's not yelling at you, he don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd
2: rather, I rather have a coach yell at me than just sit there like, okay, now look, Uno. Next oh, come time,
1: on, you, gotta,
2: you gotta do this, okay? No.
1: If you're any type of athlete that put a fire underneath you, the stuff he used to say to me, man, talk, talk I don't even know why we drafted you. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to show you why you drafted me. You know, he knew what buttons to push on everybody. So I think if if he would have been there, we definitely would have had a, a – because we was fired up, man. After I, I was foolish enough to think that we were going to go back-to-back Super Bowls, you know, because I'm yeah. like, we're ready now. We got a taste of it. We know what it takes. And, you know, I, I was ready.
0: Yeah, so so your opinion is uh, definitely Bill Parcells would have made you guys a playoff team. Absolutely. Now, 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 taking back, now, hypothetically, Bill Belichick, do you think he – because, I mean, he, he didn't have the greatest numbers in Cleveland, but, I mean, you look at what he's done in New England, and, you know, you see that, and you're like, okay, he's had some pretty good good teams. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, obviously, is, you know, a name that a lot of people have heard. But hypothetically speaking, what about Bill Belichick? Could he have possibly made you guys a playoff team those years?
1: Yeah, and I'm not just saying that because of all of his success that he had now. Yeah, and when we found found out what happened, actually, I thought he was going to be the next successor. It was a no-brainer. Yeah. And he was cut from the same cloth as Parcells, believing in defense wins the games, offense just do enough, don't turn the ball over, and do just enough, and defense will win the game. And as it, simple as that, that was the formula. And he would have adhered to that, and we would have possibly made the playoffs again with no doubt.
3: Yeah.
2: Was it hard to make that decision to hang up the cleats? Like when you knew that you were done, was it hard for you to be like, you know what? It's time for me to go ahead and hang him up? Or was it, or were, were you fighting against, like, ah, maybe one more year? Or did you just you know, like, this is it? I'm done. I'm, no. I'm like this.
1: Now, I, I knew I was done when, like, for instance, when um, the first tail sign of it was one time I was running a route and I, I stomped so hard coming across the middle. My ankle rolled over and my back went out Oof. and I could not get up and I had to go to the hospital for six days and get a shot every six hours and do underwater therapy just to be able to walk uh, and run again. And I knew that was the writing on the wall and it didn't help any that they brought in a new coach when they brought in Dan Reeves, like I mentioned earlier, yeah. <laughs> he got, you know, he, it's just like lions, you know, you watch the discovery channel about lions when they go kill off the Cubs <laughs> cause they are coming in. <laughs> yeah. So Dan Reeves did that. And you know, it was a sad day. Don't get me wrong, man. Cause it's like, you've been doing that all your life. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're that guy. Cause every year you walk through the, um, I don't know how they do it now, but, Every year um, you walk to the locker room on cut day and you never got stopped before. <laughs> and then you yeah. get stopped this time. But you know, it was, I knew it was coming. So it wasn't no a big deal. And I mean, it was a big deal, but I knew it was coming. So you go up there, they give you the little speech and you know you've been great to this organization. If there's anything we can do for you, let us know, whatever. I remember driving away from the stadium and the song that was playing in my car, I still love it to this day. I bought the CD and I still have it by soul asylum a train something never coming back oh, i can't remember the name of it but it's a beautiful song and it it, bring, it brought tears to my eyes because it was like on a run on, on a runaway train never coming back and that was my journey i was out and um it was tough for a little while you know for about three years because you've been mm-hmm. accustomed to that lifestyle Correct. You, you know you're not with the fellas anymore um your whole life you've been in a bubble and now you're outside the bubble and Sat on the couch for about three years, man, until finally the Giants, um, you know, I didn't reach out to them. They kind of reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to do an appearance here or there. And, man, I'm like, this is fun. And they never forgot, got us. And I've been doing it ever since, man, the past 30-something years, giant appearances, golf outings. And I would substitute teaching so I could juggle my schedule and still do giant events. And Mm -hmm. it's like I never retired now. So it's it
2: Giants, it shout out Coach in the chat. We got yeah. Coach in the building. Coach Beds, the what's up? Giants what's up? Man. So That's my man, uh,
0: why not coach though? Like, why not get into coaching? You know, to have, having the experiences that mm-hmm. you had had, why was coaching well, not one coach. of? Yeah, like, why wasn't coaching an option for you, or was it out there you just didn't take it?
1: Yeah, because here's the deal: coaching, dude, required. You know, Maurice Carthon went coaching. Yes. And, And he told us, he's like, guys, y'all don't want to do this, man. He said, I'm like a vampire. I leave in the morning, it's dark. And when I get home, it's dark. You have no life to yourself in the pros and possibly at the collegiate level. I did coach high school football for four years though. Okay. And I did high school track and field, which I love the most. I did that for 15 to 17 years. So I, I, I love connecting with high school students. And um, But I was always willing to help out any collegiate athlete that wanted to come to me and uh, get some pointers because, you know, I still have a lot of knowledge pointers, on my way. way. The, the game would never get old as far as little tips that you can help receivers with.
0: So now you mentioned, you know, the Giants called you to do these, you know, speeches, being an ambassador for the organization. Mm-hmm. What has that experience been like for you? I mean, obviously, you know, it's got to be heartwarming for you to see somebody like myself you know you know a football fan what has that brought to you i mean it's got to be the happiest days of your life right like
1: man you kidding me like i said i i hate to call it work when i have to go to signings and stuff because it's such an honor that people still come out you know what i mean and be like they bring footballs from back in the day and posters from back in the day and share stories about you know loved ones that have passed away and they always wore this lucky hat and it's like i don't know how it is it with other organizations. But I will tell you this, the giant fan base and the giant organization, man, is one of the classiest organizations I've ever known. And I don't know how it is everywhere else. I would say the 49ers are probably like that and maybe Pittsburgh. But I know all the teams don't do it to the extent that the the Giants do and the the loyalty from the fan base is what really makes it pop.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at the chat here and we had a fan in the chat that said the best was Steven's touchdown Against Tampa in 1991, when he gave the ball to a fan in a wheelchair in the front row, do you do you recall that game? Like, what was going through your mind when you seen that fan, and gave the fan that ball?
1: That is a very good question, man. So here's the deal with that: it's in the same place where we won the Super Bowl, and um, I noticed during the warmups. I don't know why I noticed this, but I noticed they had the handicapped people um, in the wheelchairs were in the end zone. And I looked at the 50-yard line, and I said, you know what? How come they're not right there? The, the, the paying customers were far enough away would, and high enough, they wouldn't even be obstructing their view or anything. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just said a little prayer, man. I said, God, please, if I could do something special this game to honor, you know, somebody in the end zone. And I'm going to tell you, that last drive, uh, Hosteller got hurt, and Sims came in, I totally forgot all about it. I made one catch to get us closer, and I guess it was like 10 ticks on on the clock and they call a simple hitch route. But if the defensive back comes up and press, it turns to a fade
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: um, Hosteller, I mean, uh, Sims gave me that nod. He looked at me and looked away. I'm like, we're on the same page. And, um, I beat the kid and he threw the perfect pass, man, right over my shoulders. Carter got two feet in and that split second. I was like, Oh snap, let me go find somebody. And I, I wanted to give it ball to everybody, but it was one gentleman sitting there that had, uh, a, uh, a, a, a shawl wrapped around him that said nyg and i just took the ball and i put it in his chest and he tried to give it back to me and his friends were like no keep it keep it <laughs> and i the highlight is on youtube somewhere and I, I love it because you see him afterwards they put the camera on him and he gave a thumbs up and he actually wrote me and thanked me for giving him the ball and I signed it and sent it back to him. He was actually from New Jersey, but because of his illness, the warm weather in Florida made him feel better. But it was all about just um, bringing some light to them. You know what I mean? Cause he, yeah. it, it was, it was a beautiful thing to do. And I always say that that was the one time that a prayer was actually answered.
0: That is amazing. That is amazing. No, you. you know, bringing up, you know, all these things, you do all these events, What has been some of the highlights of your post-NFL career? What has been some things that really stand out to you now? And besides, you know, you mentioned being a substitute teacher. That's got to be huge. You know, you're making an impact on our future. You know, rather it's, you know, just going in there to teach them history, whatever it may be. But making an impact in general, you made an impact in your career. What has impacted you now as well?
1: Well, I would just say, like, just who would have thought that the little measly six years that I played and the one touchdown in the Super Bowl would afford me all these opportunities to help others. And um, I, anytime I have an opportunity to do something for someone else or organization, and if I'm not busy on that day, I, anybody that knows me know that I'm there because it's all about giving back man paying it forward you get blessings when you pay it forward people don't realize that you got to do nice things and recall when these blessings happen to you because i'll tell you i have so many stories when i've done stuff and forgot why i did something i'm like wow what am i getting a blessing like this for and it's like the angels are saying hey remember when you went over to the breast cancer thing and donated a hundred dollars and told them to keep the money for the appearance fee you was going to get and just little things like that, man. And it, you feel good when you can do that. And I, I've been blessed to right. do everything underneath the sun as far as sports. And to see kids that are suffering from cancer or even adults that probably never get an opportunity, it, it serves you right to be able to make them happy if you can do it. And we, you don't have to be an NFL superstar to do it. You know what I'm saying? Anybody yeah. can do it. That's why I, one of my favorite organizations is, of course, um, Make-A-Wish in St. Jude's. My favorite organizations. I love to. I have so. a
0: question for you. You know, obviously you're a Giants fan now, but were you mm-hmm. always a Giants fan?
1: I mean, just no. I was about- a cow. I was a cowgirl fan. I mean, Cowgirls cowgirl. <clears throat> Yeah.
0: I was curious about that. I I think you mentioned it before. I think I asked you actually in one of your streams, and I thought so. And I was like, but then again, I mean, obviously now you're definitely you're you're a Giants no matter what. Absolutely. You know, and the organization is given so much, not just to you, but to a lot of people. You know, I you know every year they have certain celebrity events you know Mm -hmm. charities and and whatnot and you know you're you're blessed to be a part of these things as you say but in reality you bless so much in your life you don't even realize what you actually mean to people like me people like king uno to have you just come into our streams or have you play foot madden watch you know against king uno believe it or not you know to actually say that hey i played a super bowl winning player i I lost to a super
2: bowl champion i'm okay with that
0: yeah, I you know I like for me, for me it was like you know I'm interviewing a Super Bowl champion player and a Hall of Fame personality and like I said at the beginning, Thank you. I, I like that your Thank personality you. is just it's infectious. That's why I loved your streams. I I really loved watching you stream because you played and you didn't care. You just wanted to play to have fun, like you said. I remember last time I watched you as far as i recall the last time i watched you you were playing your son and madden and that was just so much fun listening to you guys trash talk each other obviously you love your son you know it, it was just so much fun from my perspective to see this you know no. and you're mentioning you're going to get back into it are you going to do I more, am. are you going to do more madden streams again and
1: absolutely i'm going to i'm near. getting back into it man cuz that's talking to you guys got me re uh, energized again man because I kind of fell off but it, it really was it's fun and it's you know I'm you guys man I'm just seriously you know that you see how and we, we're all nerds we're all in this together man gaming is fun <laughs> if everybody did this the world would be a better place
0: I like this uh <laughs> this gym guy in my chat He says Stephen Baker it was the best in Madden 91 on Sega I love Sega games if you watch my streams I do a lot of retro games do you really? Oh yeah, I love I love the yeah. NES. I love you know yeah. the Super NES. I have emulators. I actually have a PS two that I can stream off of. I have I'm I'm probably gonna be getting a regular Xbox. But I play like Madden like like what was the most Madden ninety three. Yeah, I play ESPN two K five, I play Madden twelve, oh, Madden ten. Fun, man. I actually do have Madden ninety one on the Sega. I have the original Madden I don't remember what year it was, but it was where Madden's holding the football on the cover. I, you know, I don't know what year that was. I'm sure you were probably in that game. Um, You know, man. so that's, you know, that's, that's what I like what you have we in your, your background.
2: The touchdown, stream, Star King. You get that? Well,
0: that's what I'm going to do, man. I can
1: put a pie in one of these, our main, and I can have like hundreds, thousands of games on there. I can, yeah. in one of these cabinets. So I'm, I'm into retro gaming too, as well, man. I got all the NES and the 16-bit and I, I I love gaming, dude. Yeah, I I, I do too.
0: I, I mean, (laughs) you know, and that's like seeing you and you know, and interviewing you is truly an honor because it brings back a time for me. You know, not say I had bad times, but it was a time in which football was so much more enjoyable to watch. Not saying it's not enjoyable now, but for me, no, I know what you're saying. For me, you know, and I know it's a little bit, you know, kind of two way because. We had Barry Sanders. There was, you know, so many great players back then. Not, not that. It was just football was just away from my family. My uncle, who I talked about, who we used to go to his house, he uh, just passed away last month. And, oh, you know, man. it's hard not oh, to get yeah. emotional thinking about it. But, you know, yeah. seeing, you know, seeing your streams, you know, and things like that brought back so much memories for me as a kid. And, you know, now that my uncle's gone, it, you know, it's really hard for me to really truly enjoy the football that I, I love. But mm. I still enjoy it, I still will enjoy it, but it's not the same, you know, and you know, talking to you it brought back so many great memories, players' names that i i I saw I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot about him <laughs> now, I wanna tell a quick story of when I met you in person you don't you probably don't remember because you met millions of people. <laughs> I don't even remember what the event was, but there was Rodney Hampton was there, I mentioned Collins was there, I mentioned uh Dave Brown was there. And you, yourself, there's a few other players that were there. I just don't recall their names. I you know, it was so long ago. But mm-hmm. I remember I had this picture of my stepdad. I, I, I was trying to find it, I could not find it. But my stepdad is six foot two, right? Dave okay. Brown was like six eight. I mean, I swear, he was a giant <laughs> and then I had a picture of you and my dad together. I don't know how tall he was, but he just looked—he looked a little bit taller than my 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 stepdad. And you know, I don't—I don't know. My—I don't really know how tall. But my stepdad says he's six two. I don't know if he really is. Gotcha. I—it's I, 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 actually my brother's real father, and uh, he lives in Michigan. And I had asked him, and he said he's six two. I don't know. He—he he might not be. I don't. I really don't know. But then I saw him picture next to you, and I'm like, okay, he's not much taller than you. So I'm thinking he's actually six foot. <laughs> you know, I mean, because you know, you're five eight. Yeah, he's a, he's a little bit taller than you, and <laughs> I remember seeing the picture with you because I remember I asked him. I said, "Who was the other person in the picture?" And he says, "TD Maker." Why? And I said, <laughs> "Well, guess who I'm interviewing on on Wednesday?" And he said, "He goes, I'm gonna guess Dave Brown." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "No, Stephen Baker, the TD Maker." He goes, "Oh my gosh, he actually he had to work, otherwise he would have he would have been in the stream." But I told him to catch the replay and get caught up on all the old memories. But like I said, we went to this event that you guys had, and I got your signature on an a, a 8x10 picture. I still have these things. Dave no Brown, way. Rodney Hampton. I've, I've been looking. Uh, in fact, I actually, I'm going to show something on the stream. So just give me one second, you guys. I've had this card since probably the year it came out, I'm guessing, because my, my stepdad gave it to me. Let me get it. I mean, give me one second, you guys.
1: No, that's cool,
0: man. One second, second's been one. Yeah, so
1: King Uno, you know I got to keep it real. Even though I, I beat you that one time, it was luck. You came back and shut me down. That's why we never played again because I knew I was <laughs> out of my league. <laughs>
3: All right, you chat. Well, I suck on Man
2: 22, so we could definitely play again. I'm going to pull it yeah, up. I... <laughs> I'm gonna pull
3: up. I'm going to pull up, my I'm going to get
2: back into it now, man.
0: Hold on, folks. When
2: are you
1: thinking about getting back into it? Uh, you know, this week is busy. Maybe Next week, I am. Cause I got a busy week. Um, I'm gonna get back. I'm because
0: Fat Boy's back doing it again too. Correct. Yes. This is yeah. a. This is a Steven Baker. F- uh, score card. I actually have had this card. For a long time, and it was from the year 1989. This was 1989 Giants, the year before the Super Bowl. One is that the red one? yes it's a red one i just showed yeah that's my favorite man yeah
2: so my question is dark king why didn't you have it get signed yet
0: i need to do that i would love that if you would not mind i will send this out to you if you i will i'll send it to you in messenger all right yeah i would definitely i would love that that would be like the amazing like i said i i had this card and like i said i i certain things trigger my memory and you know, moments like meeting you, because here you were, I want to say this was like 95, 96 era. So you mm. had been retired for a few years. Rodney Hampton was getting towards the end of his career. I remember not too long after, I remember hearing the name just kind of fall off out of nowhere. I don't, I don't know what happened, honestly, with Rodney Hampton. I really don't remember. You know. I know, with, you're right, because he didn't he, go to another team, I don't think. I don't think he played anywhere else. I, I know for sure he, he had some great seasons, and then, I know he got hurt in, like, 97 or 98, somewhere in that era. Okay. And and then after that, I just didn't hear the name. I don't know if he retired or if he just didn't want to play anymore or what, you know, it was. But, you know, it was one of those names. I remember him. And then when my dad says that was Stephen Baker, the name clicked. Everything started clicking. And then I was like, you know what? (laughs) I have a card of his. And I have a collection. I collect – I've collected cards since I was – like first born basically my that was the first thing they gave me was you know cards you know card collection i got from my my grandpa who's also Mm -hmm. no longer with us he gave me a whole bunch of his cards and i saw your card and i was just like i know this guy i he's on my (laughs) facebook he's in my friends list and i was bragging about you all day at work today i'm not kidding i kept telling people Oh. oh man i'm super stoked this is awesome and I kept showing the card off. I took the card to work. It was in my backpack. I took it to work to show people, this is the guy I'm interviewing. One of my coworkers, he's, uh, he's at work right now. Otherwise, he'd also be in here. And I told him, uh, wow. he's a huge diehard Raider fan. And he even, he even remembers your catch in the 1990 Super Bowl. And he was just like, his name sounds Jeez. familiar. And then I played the, the, the Super Bowl clip. And he goes, I remember that game. He goes. I can tell you exactly that was. He he told me a story and he got a little bit emotional about it. He was doing a lot of heavy drinking at the time. He was at a bar with a bunch of his friends and they all had money that the Giants would win because they hated the Bills. Being a Raiders fan, they did not want the Bills to win. And he said he won like four hundred bucks, you know, just and and just you know b- betting. I was like, wow. He goes, and that's all because of a great game. He goes, that was the best game he ever seen. And like I said, you know, earlier the Scott Norwood missed field goal a lot of fans, right. you know, either you love it or you hate it, you know, and if you're just <laughs> wide fan, right. <laughs> yeah, if you're a Bills fan, you cringe at that name. Yeah. If you're a Giants fan, you're celebrating. But I I truly appreciate this from the bottom of my heart. This is from the inner kid in me and the real me, you know, my current age. This is a huge 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 thing for me. This is it means a lot to me. You know, I have a lot of personal yes. things going on and I don't talk about my personal stuff but i have a lot of mental issues that are going on depression you know like i said last month i lost my uncle and it was a, a big hit on me and i i really have yet to bounce back from that but this has been truly the highlight of the month you know and i have a four-month-old daughter that's saying something I see, man adorable yes, yes. and so that's saying <laughs> something she smiles she gives that's the that's what's motivated me to stay as positive as i can and like I said, I've been going through a lot of mental things. That's why I haven't been streaming. And I apologize to all my viewers, my followers, everything. you know. But they all understand I made a post about it. I make sure that they are aware of what's going on. It's mental. I will be back to streaming. It may take a while, but I will be back. I promise, you guys. But Stephen Baker, from the bottom of my heart, this has been an amazing experience. Now, King Uno, go yeah. ahead and ask the question that we all love to hear you ask. <laughs> All right, it's a two part question. Two-part
2: that question. Everybody that we interview is Who is Star King to you, and who is King Uno to you?
1: Who is King Uno to me? Yeah, you mean you?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. referring to himself. Who are we? Oh, to you?
1: oh you guys are my, my, my dogs, man. Fellow yeah. gamers, we gamers unite. I, yes. you know, I'm much older than all you guys, but that's what's the beauty of all this man we're all in this together we're all the same and we have a love we have the passion for the same hobby and um oh that's a great you person. know I, I love you guys you guys are great man and i tell you from the bottom of my heart i'm i didn't realize that i impacted so many people i was just having fun on the stream and i was a little down because i was like ain't not a lot of people watching me man and uh, but it ain't even about that. It's about just having fun. And, and oh, yeah. And these relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and, you um, know, you
0: don't think people are watching, but sometimes it's Facebook, you know, because there's been times where my chat would show no viewers. But I mm-hmm. have six different people commenting. So just just be aware of that, too, because it's not gotcha. you. It's it, there's something wrong with the Facebook connection with the viewership. I don't know what it is, but I've noticed that before with and, and I thought, well, maybe it's mods. Well, there's been times where it's actually been just followers in my stream commenting mm. and i'm like okay something's not right here you know gotcha. and then there's been times where it showed like i had 150 at one point i'm like wait a minute whoa something ain't right because only <laughs> one person was commenting the whole time so i ended my stream so, and then sure enough it was just basically three people and i was like okay so something was wrong with facebook that day oh but i got coach biggs has a very good question what's tds makers thoughts on daniel jones do you think he's the guy or should we be looking for a new quarterback next year
1: well, you know how it is, Coach. In New York, we want it now. We got to have it now. But I'm going to give him a pass. I, I think he's showing improvement. I don't like how they're not playing these kids, though, in the preseason and just throwing them into the regular season because, to me, that they're not going to be game ready until three or four games into the season because it's a whole different pace and you saw that in the last preseason game daniel looked a little rusty man I mean, he did make some great throws towards the end but he looked a little rusty. The throwing that across his body on the three yard line come on he know better than that yeah but but no i um I, i'm gonna stick with him because you know we we stuck with eli the giants are good like that they're gonna stick with him for a while and i they surrounded him with the people he need so this is a make a, a, a year for him it, we're expecting a lot of improvement.
0: Well, he is a good quarterback. I mean, I must admit like I'm not a huge Giants fan, but I do like him as a quarterback. I think he's going to be one of those guys that really makes like you said, he's making the right adjustments. A lot of it is the preparation. And I agree 100% like playing only like a couple of, you know, a couple of passes here and there in the preseason. Yeah, That's man, not going to help you. You got, you no. know, back in the day they would at least play a half. At least yeah. a half. You know, and now you don't. <laughs> now you don't see it. Oh yeah. Tommy had, C, where's your question? Where's your question? Tommy If, C, text if me. you
2: can lace them up one more time, what quarterback would you like to play with and who do you enjoy watching?
1: <laughs> wow, if I had to lace them up one more time, you know what? I I I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan, man. I don't know why. I like him. Because he'll That's throw a ball up and say, Go yeah, yeah. He'll say go get it for me. Yeah, hey, what was your second question?
0: Uh who do you enjoy watching? Who do you enjoy watching?
1: Oh I mean Jesus my son used him all the time and the ravens, ravens kicking yeah. my butt <laughs> man yeah. i can't even think of his name
3: uh cheating.
0: Lamar, lamar yeah that's
1: cheating dude on madden I, that's why. that's why you saw me get so angry man because it's like you can't stop him
0: yeah now here's a question i have for you this is uh kind of you know you, you mentioned aaron Rodgers. you know he could throw the hail mary who are mm-hmm. some quarterbacks back in the day that you think could play in today's game and actually be successful. You know, like I think Hostetler he had a good enough arm to do it, but I mean mm-hmm. the mobility is the question because nowadays if you can't run, you, you know, they they're not so uh, Rodgers can run a little bit. I mean, he's what 38 years old He's up right. there, he you know, will. Tom Brady can still run at 40 57 or whatever Tom he Brady is. <laughs> up you know, he's you know, but I mean, who were some quarterbacks that you played against or even played with? that you think could lace it up today, you know, bring him back out of the time machine and oh, get them man. out there? man, let's
1: start with let's start Joe Montana.
0: <laughs> yeah. You think he would Arguably be the, yeah. the best
1: to me until I, Brady I think, won the last two Super Bowls?
0: I think this is going to sound really weird, and I want your opinion on this. This is something I've said before. I think in today's world, Ron, Randall Cunningham would be a Hall of Fame quarterback. If he was to come Ooh, back and play in God, today's – right today's nfl i think he would have been a hall of fame now i mean that's my personal opinion i hate the Eagles. i hate the vikings obviously i'm a you know a hard dying die hard lions fan but that that's a name that i remember watching going man this guy he can run and he can throw but Mm -hmm. you know that was that was not a thing back then they didn't like that there was not a lot of teams that could adjust to that but is he somebody you think could have been a
1: absolutely and, are you kidding me him yeah. and michael vick too
0: yeah mike vick yeah and michael
1: vick was damn near running a 4 three forty. man come on quarterback
0: yeah a quarterback people forget
1: yeah. the fits he used to cause uh defenses man
2: <laughs> michael vick was lamar jackson before lamar jackson was. you're R-J. absolutely right absolutely yeah.
0: and then before mike vick there was Ronald cunningham all right i'm throwing that out there all right I'll no think, you're uh, absolutely right i'm taking the mind <laughs> You big know, square shoulder pads yeah yeah and joe montana
2: somebody said joe montana uh steve young facts I can agree yeah steve
0: that. young could definitely oh definitely, no doubt no doubt i mean both 49er quarterbacks unfortunately but you know today's society phil sims i don't think would have been productive no nothing against phil sims he's a great quarterback you. No, but you know and he was a very smart quarterback like i said alex smith comes to mind when i think of phil Lion sims leaf. <laughs> Ryan Leaf, yeah, there you go. Oh, God, Ryan Leaf. Yeah, okay. Ryan Leaf, yeah. Let's bring him back. And you know what? Dan Marino would
1: have got away because of his quick release.
0: Yes. Dan Marino was that, actually that, very good.
1: Yeah, that would have saved him because he didn't have zero scrambling ability, but he knew how to get that ball out quick. His release so. was crazy. Yeah. Oh, that was, it, it yeah. was sick. No, yeah,
0: you, you won't see that again. Now, no. how about some – okay, so here you are. You're a short receiver. We've seen guys in the NFL now. Tyreek Hill, not a very tall guy uh dante hall comes to mind when i think of short receivers x factor yeah x factor do you see yourself as as somebody that uh maybe you know made an impact in the nfl
1: absolutely man i mean i don't know if these kids did it like i did i i actually researched and found out who was the smallest people in the league when i was you know and i looked up like the cleveland browns used to have a little guy they called ice cube. He was five, eight, 145 pounds. <laughs> and oh, he used wow. to return, uh, kickoffs for them and punt returns. And they, I'm sure you can Google him. They, he was known as the ice cube because he was so slippery and they had another guy, number 26, I believe Dino hall for the Cleveland Browns, who was also five, eight. And I'm like, all right, that's all, you know, like, uh, Jim Carrey. So you're telling me there's a chance.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And,
1: um, So i looked up at guys like that and then of course you know my favorite was lynn swan i didn't realize he was like darn near six feet and drew pearson and all those guys but you know i looked at guys like charlie brown that played for the redskins number 87 he was a not a tall guy and drew hill i just realized that drew hill passed away but drew hill was an excellent receiver for the rams and he played with warren moon when they were doing that run and shoot and he was somebody I really looked up to because he was exactly 5'9", close to 5'9", as you can get. And I actually saw him play um, when I was a senior in college. I saw him play with the Rams versus the Oilers. And I was like, man, that, I could do that, the guy out there. So I'm sure I had to have a, a even if not to those players, to the, um, the coaches and the um, general managers to say like, hey, you know, every team always got to have at least one shifty little guy bro. Just yeah,
0: at least one. Uh, Coach Biggs want, wants to know when will EA give us a TD Maker card for Mutt? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's got to be a ninety-nine rating. I mean, that's the yeah. problem. They can't. They can't have that, yeah. That's oh, that be a cheat code. That's a that's, that's a a up up code. down down. Left right left right yeah, R right. two. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, that would be funny. You know, but did my no, camera throw out? Yeah, it did on our end. I I thought it was I don't just know me. Why it went out yeah it was weird it just like randomly shut off yeah i just saw it. here it go i'm sorry i don't know what
2: happened maybe it's getting too heated dang it it won't come back on i mean you are electrifying it so you know we got the goat out here
0: yeah <laughs> that is true i was telling oh, something now. in the building. there we go i don't know what happened it must have got too hot yeah there we go now we can see it yeah. okay yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, so, you know, I made made that comment, you know, for a reason. There's been a lot of great receivers that are under six foot, you know, yourself yeah. being one of them. You know, in today's society, do you think that players, you know, you're going to see more of that, you know, because we've seen it already. I mean, you know, Dante Hall, I mentioned, was a great special teamer. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, he, you see his card in, in Mutt before. I, I don't know if he's going to be in there this year. I don't know for sure, but I saw it a couple years ago anyway. That they had his card there you know other guys tyreek hill obviously very fast very very fast That's you know, a G you, code. yeah you're starting to see it more and see before those guys there was you you know you were like that you were, but you were also evasive you, you were able to get in and out of the the real fast and everything you know not saying that they can't but are you seeing it more now in the nfl that players are developing better even at the shorter players receivers wise like i mentioned tyreek hill being one of those guys do you think that's something that we're seeing now.
1: Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I was so honored earlier this year. I still have it. I may post it later again uh, on ESPN on one of the shows. The guy did the top five guys under five eight to score over twenty touchdowns, and I was number three <laughs> until oh, wow. Colt Beasley just broke the record, man. And it was so cool. It was me. It was um, Darren Sproles.
3: Yeah, forget about that. Sproles. Now, Cole Beasley,
1: Darren Sproles, and then I'm third now because um, I was the only 5'8 guy to score 21 touchdowns. And all, they showed all the other guys that were 5'8. They got like 14 or 15, and I still say that I'm still the only 5'8 guy to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah, that's true. So I,
1: I think that it um, – You know, the teams will see that because now the rules are so lax that they actually made it easier for the not to take anything away from big, tall physical receivers. But, you know, back in our day, the physical receivers really had to be physical to get off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? mean, And little guys.
0: Sorry. You know, you mentioned those guys that I've, I've, you know, you know, players that you played against, Steve Atwaters, you know, they weren't, (laughs) they weren't, yeah, I named that name, and I'm sure you still feel broken ribs from, you know, there was players back then that they were hitting hard. So, you know, for you, you had to get off the line fast because you're not the biggest guy out there. And then Mm -hmm. the big receivers, you know, you know, you talk about your tight ends, they had to, they had to be hard hitters. You know, Mark Bavaro is a very big guy. If you look at him, I mean, he looked like he could have been a WWE wrestler. He looked <laughs> like he was that big. I don't know yeah. what he was like in person, but he Quiet. looked like a, a big guy. And he was somebody that I would be afraid of. If I was a linebacker, I'd be like, no, nah, you cover him. I, yeah, man. I, I'm going to watch. <laughs>
1: yeah, we called him Rocky. He looked like Rocky, and he didn't talk, boy. But when he did talk, you listened. People listened.
0: Who were hit in the huddle the one artists.
1: time. My mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah kids don't get ass whoopings like we used to back in the day but uh ronnie lott almost caught me man i never really got caught flush i can honestly say that i the hardest hit i think i ever took i got slammed out of bounds and i i landed on my ankle and uh, thank god it didn't go pointing the other way um ronnie lott caught me one time coming across the middle on a monday night game um, and I jumped at the last second because I caught it, and I said, if I dip my shoulder and he hit me, he's going to break my shoulder. Yeah. So I just, when he came at me, I jumped up in the air, and he caught me on the hip, and I kind of spent. And, of course, I was always the first one up whenever somebody thought they knocked the you-know-what out of me. I would always jump up like that, and I beat him up running back to the huddle. You mentioned but That was Martin.
0: a hard hit mark bavaro you had a story you were about to tell you said that he oh was- mark bavaro like about
1: him like when he speaks you listen we we're playing a uh preseason game against the then houston oilers and some guy must have did something dirty to him because he got back in the huddle sims is about to call the play and he's like no run it again it seems like but coach but hey bavaro but coach will won- run it again <laughs> oh,
3: <wow. laughs>
1: and he pancaked the defensive end or whoever it was he got him back and of course, Parcells over there with his hands on his hip. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> oh, wow. And you know, Sim just had to eat that one. It was a preseason game,
0: though. So a lot of great players you played with. Yeah. Uh, is there anybody in particular that you? I don't. I don't want you to pick a favorite player. I don't want you to because that's in the, you know. The, just in case they see this, I don't want nobody to get hurt. We uh, always <laughs> we always ask this question about streamers, but. Out of all the players you played with, and there's been some great ones, you know, Phil Sims, you know, Larry, uh, Lawrence Taylor, you know, all that. Uh, who are some of your favorite players and why are they in that category?
1: Man, I wish – you know, that's a hard question to answer because we're all still a tight group. You know what I'm saying? Matt Barr, our kicker, calls me from time to time. I love him. I love Sean Lindetta, Otis oh, Anderson.
0: Yeah, but Linda yeah, played until like 06, 07, right? Like thank he you. 20 something years. Yeah, he played a long <laughs> career in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, we all are still like this. We're all like brothers, man. So, to be honest with you, that's kind of a, a hard question. I, so, basically, I love the it, 1990
0: babe. team, 1988 team. Absolutely. All, the whole team is, is always going to be.
1: We I mean, always have been like this, man. I'm telling you, Mark Collins on facebook we we talk john washington man all of them we're still like this and we have reunions like every three years with the giants and they give us a a three-day event where we just have the time of our lives man telling
0: stories and whatnot so honestly they're all my brothers man so there's no no in particular one person you know now okay now what about like your rookie year you know there's always hazing things like that were there any players that you know i mean you know, for me, I would think like, you know, you know, Lionel Manuel would be one of the guys that kind of covers you, but then again, you know, like you know, shelters you guys from the hazing. But no, was there anybody in particular that really looked out for you when your rookie year? You know, the only guy was um, Harry Carson, man. So, so he was a imagine. Hall of Fame person in general. Then he was, you know, absolutely, Hall of Fame and player. he still is
1: to this day. Um, he, um, like for instance, when you get on the plane, we're flying to Foxborough, and you have to sit down and the the veterans will take up all three seats <laughs> in this way for six years. Okay, Terry Kennard, can I sit here? No, man, I've got this. Joe Morris, bro, can I sit? No, you can't. And then Parcells gets on the dang mic. You punk-ass rookies better sit down so this plane can push back. And I'm like walking around, and then Harry Carson just goes, ah, Rook, you can sit here. <laughs> and then he that's when he started calling me. he introduced himself and said you know you look like weezer from the little rascals and Why you gotta be punk
2: ass rookie though punk ass that, like, wow. that
1: was parcells word man <laughs> punk ass rookies because you ain't done nothing in this league yet he called it pelts <laughs> furriers back in the day when they used to go fur hunting would get pelts because i didn't know what the heck he was talking about pelts are like fur beaver fur and all that he's like how many pelts you got in this league and i'm like what are you talking about Pelts, touchdowns. How many touch so until you had a touchdown in this league, you was just a punk rookie to him. wow I, I, I asked Harry, we talked about it, and he said, Bake, you know, the only reason I let you sit next to me is because I said, This little guy ain't gonna be here long. I'm gonna let him enjoy it.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. So he assumed yep. he assumed that he, you weren't gonna make it in the NFL, huh?
1: Absolutely. And to oh. tell you that the, that was the furthest thing from my mind, man. I'm telling you, when I got there in the one-on-one drills, I said, I belong here. You know, they couldn't, you know, couldn't guard me. I'm like, this is this is fun. So, anyway, it was a funny how we all, we had different thought processes there. But now we're the best of friends, of course.
0: Well, that's, you know, that's pretty awesome because, you know, I I always imagine what players are like, you know, behind the, you know, behind in the locker room. You know, mm-hmm. and to hear things like that, you know, Harry Carson's was a great, great linebacker, great player to watch, and his interviews are very, very insightful. From what I saw when he was talking about the Giants and uh, the '80s, I, I was watching a few of these documentaries. I, like I said, I did some research on you, and I really, yeah. I really did some really looking into. It, and it's just like the way he would word things. You know, it it made it seem like anybody can understand, and he was very. You could tell he's a, it's a smart re-brow. person. Yeah, cerebral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, no, he's a smart dude. And like I said, he mentioned a comment about how he had a nickname for you. And, <laughs> you know, I had heard the story about your plane ride, and he told you to sit next to him. and you know, oh, okay. You, you made a comment about that in one of the interviews, and I didn't really listen to the whole interview because I was trying to <laughs> take care of my daughter or something came up, so I missed some of it. But, you know, the things that he said about you was you were one of the best receivers that, in you know – doesn't get the credit you deserve and there's been another interview where Lawrence Taylor mentioned you out of the blue I was watching this really? interview and he says Stephen Baker is one of the most underrated receivers in NFL history and nobody talks about him because they don't really think about him being underrated because you guys won a Super Bowl and he made some very 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 nice comments about you and this is I want to say in like the 2000s he was talking about they they said uh, who are some players that were underrated you know on your teams and he goes Stephen Baker was the first name he said without Not any before. hesitation I got to try, nah. try to find this interview because, like I said, Please, I, do- man. I,
1: I see LT every year. And he never mentioned that. Of course, he wouldn't. But that, that is very cool coming from him.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Hall of Famer himself, you know. He said, of course, you don't mention it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he ain't. He, he's too proud. No, he it. ain't. He's, you, if I told you what we
1: joke about, man, me, him, and Otis I always have a contest to see who's the darkest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we always tell him that he wins hands down. I told him he's so black. When you know, I close my eyes, I can still see you. <laughs> oh, my we, we go at it, man. We it, it's just like us here having fun. Man. Yeah, we brotherhood. You know, like you said, you know,
0: Streamers unite. You know, and everything. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Otis Anderson, great career. You know, with you guys, Lawrence Taylor, all these guys. You know, there's so many players that I named today. Is there anybody in particular that comes to mind right off your bat that I failed to mention that had a great career during your time po- playing?
3: Oh
1: man! Uh, of course, I you know I'd be remiss if I didn't say our offensive line, man. We're yeah, of course. Joking. Yeah, our, you know Bart yeah. Oates, our center. Come on, Bart. <laughs> Bart yeah. was a he should be in the Hall of Fame. The numbers he has. Yeah. Eric Moore, Doug Riesenberg, William Big Dog Roberts, uh, you know Cratch.
3: So,
0: yeah. Obviously, we, your offensive line, solid yeah, line yeah. You did have a very good solid line. Defensive line too was pretty good, you know. Oh, I, God, I mentioned yeah. some of the players. Leonard, Marshall, Marshall was crazy, you know. Just, just powerhouse names. Eric Eric Howard, man. Yeah, People Howard. don't realize
1: that fumble that LT got because Eric Howard put his head on the ball, and then LT recovered it, and we went on to beat the 49ers. once again. Everybody
0: contributing for the end goal, and you know that's that's what made your team the way it was. They we're never yeah. gonna see. Teams that play that way, Jumbo Elliott. Yeah, another big. Oh, game. Jumbo! Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jumbo. Like I mentioned, Pepper <laughs> Johnson had a great career with you guys. You know, mm-hmm. you guys had a lot of key pieces, and in, in general, every season you guys, you know, obviously injuries do take place. You know, coaching change. You know, really the latter part of your seat, your career, and you mentioned Dan Reeves, who is a great coach in his own right. Oh, mm-hmm. and you made the comment that he's going to bring in who he likes. You know, that being said, you know, was there ever an opportunity where Bill Parcells calls you and says, hey, man, I need a coach, receiving coach. Are you interested? Had that ever happened? Uh, No,
1: not really. That's something you would have to want to pursue, you know. And uh, honestly, that just wasn't – I wasn't in that place at that time. I I didn't want to have anything to do with the NFL like that. And like I said, I preferred coaching the high school kids more so. So you wanted you know. to be
0: a part of the NFL, just not a part of the NFL. You wanted to be a part yeah. of the outside, to be there, outside be family, there. so to speak.
1: I, I like where I'm at yeah. right now. I love it, and just being a representative for the Giants, man, it's like, come on, this is it. Don't it doesn't get any better than this.
0: You know, you and that's that's, a, that's amazing. That's amazing no. to hear, to hear that. You know, you know, childhoods. You know, Coach Biggs is in here. You know, he's a diehard Giants fan. I'm a Lions fan, but I am a Steven Baker <laughs> oh, fan man. at heart. All right. I will say that, you know, and I will support Steven Baker's team if they're in the Super Bowl. I would go for them over any other team, you know. And I'm I, not.
1: I, <laughs> nah, I know you're not. Clean, yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, childhood stars are, you know, childhood idols come far and few between. And you are a childhood idol for me because of your personality. Like, I look at you and I'm like, this guy is top-notch like i said when i met you when i was a kid it was just like you had the super bowl ring you were this guy and i'm like man i want to be just like him you know (laughs) and you weren't like super you know because like when like i said i met i met dave brown first and like i said Mm -hmm. he's he looked like a monster here i am i'm a young kid 10 years old maybe you know i maybe a little bit younger i don't remember how old i was exactly but I mean, I'm not nowhere near six foot. So I mean, you know, I'm like, you know, maybe five two. I don't even know how tall I was to be honest with you. Okay. And this guy's over a foot taller than me. And he just like it is like, oh my gosh, this guy's huge. And then I see That's you nice. and I'm like I'm like, okay, so he's a former football player. He won a Super Bowl at that. This guy's you know, and you were just <laughs> you were so cool to talk to and you took well, pictures with everybody and I'm like, Man, I wanna be like this guy. I don't wanna be like that guy. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I appreciate that, man. Cause that's what it's all about, paying it forward. And that's how I always would have wanted to meet my idols. You know, like if I would have met Drew Pearson or Lynn Swan, if they would have treated me any different, I would have been heartbroken. Yeah. So I always tried to make sure, and I always have, I, no one's ever come up to me and say, oh, I remember you, man, you were you know, a dick. You didn't sign my autograph, whatever the, uh, I tried, if I wasn't rushing to catch a plane or something, I will stop and sign an autograph or talk to you. Come on, that's what it's all
0: about. So you, you, you're one of the greater giants. There's been a lot of great receivers to come out of the organization. Anybody in particular come to mind that you may met that you had a great interaction with? The Monte Tumor was a part of the team. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of people know. I'm not gonna say names, but number thirteen. Um, OBJ. Bro- <laughs> <laughs> i know <a> lot of, <laughs> i know a lot of giants fans are a little upset plaxo burris had a had a pretty good career there you know, oh yeah and, and he's a cool dude uh, yeah very tall too another tall oh guy. yeah <laughs> he's like, like six eight i think i don't even know how tall he is in real life like that guy he just looks super tall
1: no he is i just saw him last week and i'm telling you i'm always amazed at how tall he is
0: and a guy that was actually coming up around the time you really the time you left was uh Oh God, uh, Callaway. What's his first name? Curtis? Curtis Callaway, right? Oh, uh, Chris. Chris. Chris Chris Callaway, and he had some pretty good numbers with the with the with the Giants there, you know. And yeah, right? I mean, there, there's been a lot of great players. Hey, have you ever met Plaxico? Is dreaded asked?
1: Oh yeah, dreaded. I was just with him last week on my birthday. I, I actually posted pictures of him signing a a football for me. I probably should have put his name. You probably couldn't see his face, but yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> So my, <laughs> Uno got a laugh. It wasn't nighttime. I'll see where you go. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, no, wow. he signed the football for me, man. He He's all class
0: dreaded. I like how I didn't even catch that. It went right over my head. And, and <laughs> Uno was over there little immature laugh over there that he had. Yeah, I, I heard
3: it. Let, <laughs> let me be great.
0: Let me be great. Yeah. No, I, so that's pretty awesome. So, you know, you're an ambassador for the team. Great organization what are some future goals that you have for yourself oh man I'm besides just... becoming a partner streamer on facebook
1: uh, <laughs> yeah that will never happen i just like having fun no man i just want to uh, be a, a role model for my granddaughter who's seven and of course i love my kids. i
0: love the pictures you post with her i love it oh baby. thank you man she... she always so many. i love seeing pictures with people with kids even if it's not their own i love it you know being a father but yeah, I love seeing the pictures with your or even you had her streaming one time. She was in one yeah. of the streams and she was doing the no. the VR headset and everything.
1: Yeah. That was And pretty um cool. I'm gonna get her over here. She saw all of my um cabinets over here and she's like, Pop up, that is so cool. I can't wait to come over. And that's what I I think I'm gonna do. My first stream. I'm gonna have her playing the games.
0: Brandon Jacobs. Yeah. Have you ever met him?
1: dreaded asked. Brandon? Oh, our oh, the big running back. Heck yeah. Yeah. He's I will say this Brandon. Body is such a down-to-earth person, man. I'm telling you, he treats the fans how, I'm not bragging on myself, how I would treat fans, because I've seen some athletes, you know how they treat fans, like they right, got time yeah. of day for them. Brandon Jacobs is the exact opposite in all class. I recall one time we went out to uh, halftime, or the, the coin toss, and my son was with me, and um, Brandon was like, hey, what's up, little bake? And my son was like, daddy knows my name. <laughs> And, but Brandon is just, he knows the history of the game. And so, yeah, Dre he's a good man, dude. Kevin that Boss is another one. One, another one. Oh, Kevin Boss. I didn't meet him. I met him one time, but I knew he was a great player when he was a rookie, man. How he came in and filled in for Shockey and was humble. And,
0: yeah. He was a Kevin pretty Boss. good tight end. Yeah. Jeremy was Shockey, what about him? Did you ever meet him?
1: I, I met him his rookie year before he knew before he got shock of himself. <laughs> so yeah. we did a signing together at great adventure, which is an amusement park out here. And um, he was humble and everything. And then I want to say that run against the Colts when he almost did like Bavaro did against the 49ers. And yeah. then he changed. Don't get me wrong. He was a great intense player, but sometimes you can just go a little too much with it. You know,
0: you know, and we mentioned some of the all time players, you know, Sean Ledetta, like I said, he played a long career in the NFL. And I I remember a punter for the Giants, Jeff Feagles. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he was another one. He had a very long career in the NFL. Was he on any of your teams that you guys had? I I don't remember seeing his name when I was looking you up. Mm-mm. Okay, no, he was, wasn't. So that was after you, obviously, because I know he but... played at the end of his career with with the uh, with the Giants. And I remember the punt that he did against the Eagles where he punted the ball to Deshaun Jackson, who ran it back for a game-winning oh, touchdown. Oh, remember that? Yeah. Was that a playoff game, or was that just like? No, it
1: was just a, a regular game.
0: Yeah, and um, I think it ended up being the major factor of that game because <laughs> uh, that's yes. all I remember was a punt by Fegels, and he said in a later interview that he should have punted it out of bounds, and I'm like, yeah, you think? I mean, <laughs> a little well, late. Well, Coach had told him to <laughs> kick it out of bounds. As the
1: story goes, he told him kick it away from him, kick it out of bounds, and he kicked it right to him.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's wow. yeah. That was yeah. Now, what about what about some of the current players? Have you have you got any interaction with them like you know we mentioned Daniel Jones? I mean, obviously um, he's not going to know who you are unless he actually looks through the history of you know, the, the uh, history
1: of the game. Yeah, but you know what? I, I would t- share this with you. We we did some videos for them to get them fired up for certain games. Like say if they're going to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and. Their, the Giants' great um, video staff there had us uh, talking and giving a little history on the um, Tampa Bay Bucks and our record against them. And so they knew who we, you know, it said narrated by Steven Baker, the touchdown maker, Super Bowl 25. And they hear my voice narrating what they have to do to uh, beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. So they know of us. And I got to tell you, Coach Judge is doing a really good job keeping the history alive of the former players. Uh, during camp, he had certain guys go up there to talk to them because, you know, sometimes these kids need to hear it. You know what Correct. I mean? Hear yeah, Guys right. that have done it. You know, if right, anything, right. you have to respect that. If we just said we came up there, we played in Pro Bowls, and, which is cool and everything, but, but did you win the Super Bowl? No. So if you <laughs> won the Super Bowl, you can go there and you have a message that they have to listen to it. This Correct. guy did it. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. I may not like him or whatever, but he did it. Maybe I should listen to him. So, Judge Judge uh, Judge is doing a good job of that, keeping the old timers, I like to call us vintage players,
0: relevant. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm remembering some vintage players. You know, Jason Seahorn <laughs> comes to mind. Oh God! You know, Kurt, Kurt Warner ever. at one point played with the Giants. Not a lot of people remember that, but Kurt Warner was a Giant at one point between going from the Rams to the Cardinals. He played with the Giants. Kerry Collins had. A pretty good arm played with the Giants. Yeah, Kerry Collins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bringing up some older names, you know. These yeah, are, these are some guys too. I remember. Uh Ron Dane, I remember him. He was kind of a, a first round. I don't. I don't want to say bust, but I just don't remember him having the success that they thought he was going to yeah, have. Thought he was going to have. Yeah. You know, and you know, I remember, like I said, you know, Amani Toomer, He had some great career numbers with the organization. Tiki Barber. You know, some great players that came after you. You know, this is, you know, post-TD Maker. Who are some players that really made an impact in your your mind for this organization outside of the NFL world? Like, you are doing an ambassador role. Are there players that you c- continually keep up with and that are still... Oh, yeah, man. Um, um, Otis Anderson. Okay. I just got
1: off the phone with him earlier when you heard the phone ring. We talk just about every other day. So we're constantly doing appearances together golf outings because of course he was super bowl mvp yes and you know he'll mention my name hey i got the uh, baker the touchdown maker and i'm like whoa really touchdown maker so we do a lot of appearances together I call it our dog and pony show
2: <laughs> but it, it
1: is uh an honor because i used to watch him when i was a kid he gets mad when i say that but i used to watch him when he played with the cardinals man yeah. I was like that's another oj and and now we're the, the best of friends uh we yeah. talk every- other day
0: man a lot of people don't remember the uh st louis cardinals in the nfl
1: oh (laughs) just youtube otis anderson and you'll see his first three years he put up hall of fame
0: numbers man yeah and he had some great numbers even latter part of his career and you know the super bowl he had 102 yards rushing a very good you know football game for him and you know a role, a role model for a lot of people from what I've seen in his interviews. He seems like somebody that, you know, kids could really look up to. Absolutely. Know? And that's that's awesome to hear other players that are out there making that, you know, impact that, you know, I like to see. And, you know, you doing the same. You're a blessing to the gaming community alone. You know, dreaded, yeah, will tell you, you know, Coach Biggs, King Uno, you know, we truly appreciate everything you do for us. You know, rather you just come in, like the stream. Or you just come in and talk crap to King Uno because you know he's. A I'm host. on Twitch now,
2: by the way, Mister Baker. I'm on Twitch now.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, he's on Twitch oh, you're now. You on
2: Twitch now? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. King Uno, the King Uno, the gamer. I guess We can send you the link. for Yeah, because sure.
1: I'm on Twitch. I just never um, actually did anything with it, but I have a, an account there and everything. I'm. I might. I might do them all because you
0: can do them all right simultaneously. Yeah, you got uh if you got Streamlabs, you know you can do them whole yeah. Multi. I had
2: a Streamlabs Prime to do it all for uh, to cross stream to facebook youtube and twitch
1: all at once okay yeah i gotta get with you guys to learn how to do
0: all that <laughs> no yeah problem. king, king uno will definitely he's the guy to go to i sent you a friend request
2: from my new page mr baker so you should see it after the uh, podcast oh oh for sure bro for sure yeah.
0: well, let's end this on a very positive note stephen baker may not be a hall of fame player but is a hall of fame person truly really an honor North from North the parts. bottom of my heart i really appreciate you you coming in and blessing us with your presence, the great stories that you have. We definitely would like to interview you when you're back to streaming, so we could actually claim you as a streamer. You know, I know you're <laughs> taking a break right now, but we want you back and we're gonna interview you again once you're on the streaming and we're gonna, we're gonna ki- catch up with you then. Thank you so yeah, much for we, doing this.
1: You're Woo! welcome. Maybe we can Thank start it off, me guys. and you play a game.
0: <laughs> let's do it, let's do it. Let's play a game together, yeah, man. I and, would love that, I would love and, that. And shout out to
1: Dreaded man. He was the first guy I ever reached out to. And um, I tell you, I love watching his stream. And that's how I met King Uno. That's how I met Fat Boy, And that's how I met you. And you guys are all great people, man. I love you guys. And let's hey, do it man. again, man. I
0: appreciate it. I appreciate it, yeah. man. Thank you so much.
1: All right. Thank you, guys. Thank Later. you. Man. Later. Later. All right.
0: Bye. Oh, thank you.